It's time for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. For the next three hours, it's high school basketball from across the Mountain State. Live from Marshall University, here's your host, Ryan Epling. Finally, finally, we are back with Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on April the 30th. Almost 14 months since our last episode, but we have made it. We're here. We're, we're socially distanced as best as we can. We're all vaccinated, so we're, we're fine on that regard. But it's good to have you back, and it's good to be talking high school basketball in West Virginia. Semi-final Friday night for the girls. Boys State Tournament is set for next week. All games at the Charleston Civic Center Coliseum and Convention Center, which, again, I still don't have the name of that down just yet since they changed it. But so great to be back with you here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Coach Rick Moreau, Bill Cornwell with us. Our resident referee, Bo Anderson, is also in the studio. I'm Ryan Upling. Once again, so glad to be back. And Coach Marone, we didn't know if we'd make it this far, but here we are on a semifinal Friday night at the Girls' State Tournament. Well, it's wonderful to be back. And uh, Ryan, as you mentioned, uh, who knew uh, when we would get back? And I uh, had a conversation with uh, Bernie Dolan the other day at the State Tournament, actually yesterday, and uh, that was just, uh, you could tell the sense of relief as I talked to him. It was just wonderful to be able to, uh, you know, to be able to be together. And it might help if I turn my mic yeah, on. It has little, been a little, little bit. Rusty. <laughs> we're a little rusty, all right? It has, let me rephrase that. Uh, it's wonderful to be back. We weren't <laughs> sure when we would get back. But, uh, you know, had a chance to talk to Bernie Dolan, the director of the SCC, at state tournament yesterday. And you could just tell the sense of relief. It's been a lot of work. A lot of guidelines have been put in place to make it happen. But we do have basketball uh, on the court. And it's wonderful that we get to come together tonight and uh, next week as well and catch up with all of our basketball friends and uh, hopefully catch them up on uh, everything that's been going on since we've been gone. Bill Cornwell, it's been a it's been an interesting year. It's been a, a lot has happened, obviously, over the course of the past year worldwide, but we've made it. We have made it, and, uh, and that's why I wanted to stop right here and I want to say a big thank you to all the folks that – Worked at the schools, the athletic directors, the coaches, the janitors. Let's give them credit because when you had uh, doubleheader basketball games, you were having to clean, you were having to disinfect, uh, you were having to do a lot of uh, major pieces of work uh, to get a couple, three games in on a night. So, uh, I mean, those folks deserve so much credit. The folks with the health departments working with the the schools to make it happen. And, um, you know, they made it that we could have a basketball season. It was an abbreviated basketball season. It amazed me that we got what would be three months of work in in a month and a half. But for the most part, everybody got their games in. We played. We had a few COVID stops for some teams. But uh, I'd say 90% of the games, 90% of the, of the teams got the season in. It's been, uh, it's been an arduous trip. And, of course, the last year a lot has happened. Uh, we're only going to be live here for this week and next week for semifinal, probably the boys' state tournament as well. And, and you know, even with that, a lot of changes this year, including the introduction of a new classification in West Virginia, Class 4A. So the Class A girls' semifinals were yesterday, so that was already decided. Uh, it's been an interesting year again. It's sometimes been a little bit difficult to keep up with. Uh, there have been a lot of games that were just scheduled and rescheduled late, and we all understand why at this point. And uh, Coach Brown, you've been on the administrative side of, of, of all this as well. It's been tricky, but I think for the most part, coaches have worked very hard to get as many games as they could and to let their kids just have an opportunity to play. 
Yeah, and I think that was the, the bottom line is letting the kids play. Uh, schedules got revamped in ways that they never have before. Uh, I can tell you firsthand, uh, our schedule, by no doings of our own, our first week we were scheduled to have four games, three of them at home. None of those got played as scheduled. Uh, we were picking up games on the fly. I know sometimes uh, ADs and coaches are looked at as being a little bit too kind of rigid about things, but if you weren't flexible this year, you were really going to have a hard time because of the, the unexpected things that could happen. But I think when you get to the state tournament level and you see teams that got 18 and 20 games in this year, it's amazing. You're allowed to get 18 in under the guidelines this year. Uh, we were able to get a little over half. We had nine or ten games in. But when you see a team that uh, navigated their way through, just a wonderful fact that they were out on the court playing. If you ask any player whether their team's at the state tournament or not, the fact that they got to play was the bottom line. And I think everybody did it in a safe manner. Something that caught my attention, we'll get the scores here in just a second, but Tucker County's girls played 20 games going into the tournament. That's an area that doesn't get to play that many games a lot of times because of snow yeah. Yeah. in Parsons and up in the mountains. and mm-hmm. It can be a little tricky and uh, they were able to get maybe as many or more games than anybody in the state this year. So that, I mean, outstanding for them. Yeah, a lot of times, like you said, I mean, those are areas where weather gets mm-hmm. you and you go into the state tournament with less games. But I think it allowed some matchups to happen that normally maybe wouldn't. Uh, that was interesting to see. I think a lot of teams kind of took on who they could get to get that court time in. But, uh, Bill, I know uh, me and you talked before the broadcast, uh, whether it was a Tulsa-Huntington High and Spring Valley matchup or, or some other geographic matchups, there were some interesting things that came out of it. Uh, exactly. I mean, you had to put together some uh, unusual uh, games that don't usually get played, and that's okay. And, you know, because, uh, you know, for instance, uh, a Tulsa-Spring Valley situation, you like to see those Wayne County teams play each other no, no, no matter the the fact that one is a single A, one's a four A. I mean, play. Uh, the one thing that did get affected this year, uh, schools throughout the state on the border did not get to play their cross-border, sometimes rivals or just foes. Uh, it was all in state for the most part, you know, with a couple of exceptions. Uh, so that's one thing that was kind of hurt by playing as late as we did. Yeah, and again, though, we're we're just glad we were able to play. I mean, this yeah. was a. Uh, this was uh, definitely something that was uh, uh, in doubt through much of the year. So let's get a check on today's basketballnight.com scoreboard. Our first check of the season here in 2021. How about that, right? Let's start with the games that were played today. We'll start in Class AA Girls semifinal Friday action. Number one, Parkersburg Catholic remains undefeated. They defeat Williamstown 69-42. to They will play Wyoming East in the Class AA Girls Basketball Championship game. The second seed Warriors defeat Petersburg 75-44. Class AAA State Championship game is set. Semifinal games. One just ended. Fairmont Senior defeated Logan 50-33. That was a one-point game at halftime and a one-point game midway through the third quarter. But the Polar Bears pull away from the Wildcats to get the win. They will take on another Cardinal Conference Wildcat crew in the championship game. Nitro defeats North Marion 79-63. Big win for Nitro as they will now go to the AAA State Championship game tomorrow against Fairmont Senior. North Marion, by the way, that was their first loss in two years. Wow. And uh, it comes on semifinal Friday. Class 4A, evening session. Number one, Huntington defeated Morgantown. 55 Highlanders are into the state championship game. And the nightcap, which is about to get underway in Charleston, 
Number two, Cavill Midland, and number three, George Washington, set to do battle. Let's also quickly give you the Class A semifinal games from yesterday. That sets the championship game up for tomorrow. Tug Valley will have a champion for the first time in Class Single A in terms of this will be either Tug Valley or Cameron's first girls' state basketball championship. Tug Valley getting to the finals with a 49-31 victory over Tucker County and Cameron with a 44-28 win over Calhoun County. So girls' championship games for tomorrow, right? It will be Class A, number one Tug Valley, number two Cameron. In Class AA, it will be number one Parkersburg Catholic, number two Wyoming East. In Class AAA, it will be number one Fairmont Senior, number three Nitro. And in Class 4A, number one Huntington awaits the winner of number two Cattle Midland and number three George Washington. That's your check of the basketballnight.com scoreboard. And Bill, in this very odd year, I think the coaches did a pretty good job of seeding the teams this year. It, it seems like we've almost been chalk, so to speak. It's been chalk, and uh, it really, uh, you, you look and you just didn't see a lot of uh, folks who were. Uh, Kind of out of place. Uh, nobody that you thought was a little too high or too low, and uh, and I thought that uh, you know there's some some good thought was put into it. The committee did an outstanding job, and the fact was that uh, you know there, uh, out of all the challenges, we got it right. Looks like that they got it right. Looks like uh, from what we've seen so far with the seating for next week for the boys tournament, they're getting it right. Yeah, we'll go through all of that a little bit yeah. later on in the uh, program as well, but. Uh, again, I, I'm I'm very impressed by a couple of these teams. And Coach Brown, I know you you have obviously you have to deal with Tug Valley every year, no matter what. And you've played Cameron a couple of times here uh, mm-hmm. over, over the past couple of years too. That's a very interesting game, and for one of those schools and one of those communities, it's going to be a big celebration tomorrow. And I think uh, if you've been to the tournament, I've been blessed to be up there. And even with the restrictive guidelines, uh, the, the the larger crowds a lot of times have been in the smaller classifications. Uh, I know uh, Tug Valley and Cameron will be well represented there. I know both those teams well. Both are very well coached. Uh, you know, Tug Valley probably a little bit more experience. We'll get into the nuts and bolts of it later. Actually, uh, Coach Farley for Tug Valley going to join us, as is Coach Pettit from Cameron. So we'll get to touch base with both of them the night before the big game. But I think the most exciting thing, as you said, Ryan, somebody's going to be taking home a state championship tomorrow, and it's going to be a first for one of those girls' programs. Actually, Cameron's first trip to the state tournament. Tug Valley had been there before in the past. But uh, two fine programs. It's kind of a dichotomy there. Tug Valley has a veteran ball club that's really been a hidden treasure there in the southern part of the state, the way the regional and classes were aligned. What enabled to get there, now people are seeing what we've seen for several yeah. years. And Cameron, a young uh, up-and-coming, they're two top players uh, with a good supporting cast, but two of their top players are freshmen. Uh, and believe me, uh, the big stage has not dazzled them at all. They have really stepped up to the challenge. And something that we always are able to do during the state tournament is um, be able to go live at the state tournament, be able to go live to uh, our courtside correspondent. Jordan Mounts is there with us right now. He joins us at the Charleston Coliseum and Convention Center as the Class 4A nightcap gets ready to get underway. Jordan, been a fun day of games. And it's been some great basketball between some fantastic teams. Uh, the state of West Virginia has been very well represented here today, uh, this week. We know the atmosphere is a little bit different. It has to be a little bit different 
because of uh, COVID regulations. What have you seen? What, what are you, I mean, I'm looking behind you. I can see on our video feed on basketballnight.com. If you can look there, you can see some of the seats taped off in an effort to uh, kind of make it easier for people to socially distance. Yeah, you know, uh, the seats have been taped off. Um, the and uh, has come up with a plan for the students to social distance as well. Um, and uh, it's worked, for the most part, it's worked very, very smoothly. And uh, thankful for that and just thankful that we're able to get, to be able to have ball games like this. Uh, even with the restrictions that are in place, uh, it's just, it's been a great week and had been, the Charleston Convention Center has been a great host here for uh, the tournament. A game that just... As it always is. Yes, a game that just ended and I know we were getting ready to have the, the, the evening game for Class 4A, but the game that just ended between Fairmont Senior and Logan. Logan, I think, kind of felt like it was a little bit underrated throughout much of the year. For two and a half quarters, they were neck and neck with the Polar Bears, but Fairmont Senior a little too much at the in the last 12 minutes or so of the game. Yeah, you know, it was a defensive battle the entire game. Um, I was looking at the stats. At one point in time, neither team was shooting over 30% from the field. Uh, and, uh, but eventually there in the fourth quarter, Fairmont Senior was able to uh, wear down the Logan defense and, and was able to come open for some shots. They finished uh, that game shooting. i got to find it here on my statistics here. Fairmont Senior, they ended the game shooting uh, 35% from the field. At one point in time, they were only shooting 18%. Uh, so they were able to rally there at the very end of the second half and shoot 50% from the field in the second half. Uh, to uh, 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 pull away, especially there in the fourth quarter. All right, Jordan, we will check back in with you throughout the night and get updates as well. We're also going to have a special guest join us now from the West Virginia Secondary Schools Activities Commission, Assistant Executive Director Greg Reed. Uh, I believe uh, Mr. Reed is ready to go with us now as... Again, please just kind of bear with us. We're all working through this. These are usually the, the kinks we work out in week one of the show, but here in championship, we try to bring our uh, very best to you. And uh, let's go back to uh, Mr. Reed right now, the, again, the Assistant Executive Director of the Secondary Schools Activities Commission. I know it's a little bit loud right now at, at the Charleston Coliseum and Convention Center. Uh, tell me how things are going from your perspective so far with, in terms of the fans, the involvement, and they're following the COVID guidelines. The question. He, he's having a hard time hearing me. I understand this because it's, it's loud there right now. Mr. Reed, can you hear us now? Yes, I can hear you now. All Thank right. you. And I, I understand it's loud there, and we picked like the perfect time during the pregame introductions <laughs> to do this. We're good like that. You have. You but, have. Uh, Gregory, the Assistant Executive Director of the Secondary Schools Activities Commission, a lot of work has gone to get this, this week and next week into, uh, into fruition. Tell me what you've seen so far. You know, we've seen a lot of good things. Uh, we're just happy to be back and, and watching our student-athletes participate and, and compete. I mean, they're competing hard. They're playing hard. And uh, it's been a long time coming uh, to get to this point. Uh, so we're, we're all excited, and uh, we, we hope our schools are, too. And they, they seem to be. Uh, you know, they're, it's just an incredible effort. So um, uh, we, we couldn't be more pleased at this point. 
Hey, Greg, uh, Coach Maroon here, and uh, on behalf of all the coaches and all the schools, I want to thank you and Bernie, Dolan, and all your staff up there for what you've done to uh, to make it possible for us to have basketball. Uh, thank you, We Coach. know you guys yeah, have done a tremendous that. amount, a lot of times thankless uh, work, but uh, we really appreciate it, and uh, just a lot of the new energy uh, coming in there uh, this year. I know there's been a few changes in the format and such, but uh, uh, overall, uh, i got to thank you pretty pleased with how things have gone. We, we are pleased with the new format, and, uh, you know, initially, you, you don't know what to think until you get into it, but to watch, like, a Calhoun County that's never been to the state tournament and actually come out and light it up for over 50%, the first half they've ever played in this gym, it, uh, it was just neat to see, and Cameron uh, making a run, um, you know, they've always been stuck in there with Wheeling Central, and it's tough to get here, and now... Uh, they're going to be playing for a state championship, and we have Hampshire boys coming in next week. And in the history of their school, they've never participated in a state tournament. So uh, the new, new format has way more positives uh, than negatives. Greg, it's Bill Cornwell. Uh, i got to ask about the uh, first year of uh, the four classifications. I know everybody from around the state comes in for the state tournaments, and you, I'm sure you guys have been getting some feedback from the folks around the state as far as how they've dealt with it, how they've... Uh, the impressions has been on them, right? Uh, we have, we have, Bill, and 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 the, <laughs> you know, we're we're just trying to get our feet wet with basketball, and everybody's <laughs> looking two years ahead, wanting to know what sports we're going to have uh, to, to to a four class system, and uh, you know, we're just trying to survive. And we, when you go from twenty one games a week to twenty eight, uh, we're we're not getting any younger, and this is this wears you out. But uh, uh, we're excited, and we we don't we don't think we will go back. Uh, it's hard to go backwards once you move forward and, and you have so many positives. But uh, we'll, we'll look we'll look for expansion uh, in a couple of years. But we, we want to see how this uh, this this transition goes uh, in this pilot period. But we're off to a good start. Been navigating a brand new classification, which of course changes the, the format, changes the number of sessions, changes the number of days in the state tournament, and you do it in the middle of a pandemic, and you've done it successfully. I know. Um, Mr. Reed, I have to say, like, from just from a media standpoint, like you, you guys have, and I'll echo what Coach Rose said, you guys have done a fantastic job getting the games on the floor. Yeah, we well, we, we we most certainly appreciate that. But you know, people like Coach Marone make this happen. I mean, he's on my my coaches committee, and and uh, I, I value all their input. And, and one thing I said I would do when I came here five years ago is listen to our people. And I, I think we've done that. And uh, do we always give them the answer that they want? Uh, absolutely not. But we will listen, and then we'll make the right decision for our student athletes. Greg Reed, Assistant Executive Director of the Secondary Schools Activities Commission, joining us at the Girls State Tournament. Mr. Reed, thank you so much for being with us tonight. And, uh, again, congratulations on getting the games on the floor. Thank you, guys. And we, we most certainly appreciate the coverage that you give our schools. Oh, thank so, you. Uh, yeah, well, we'll uh, – We'll get into championship Saturday and then run it again another week. There you uh, go. We'll have some more exciting games. Can't wait, man. Sounds I, I like do appreciate you. All okay. right. Thank you Thanks so much. Thank you. And that's Mr. Greg Reed, the assistant executive director of the Secondary Schools Activities Commission. We've got to step aside and take a break. When we come back, we will go to the phone lines. We will talk with Dr. Sherry Young of the Call Charleston Health Department. We're going to talk about some of the things that they're doing in correlation with the state tournaments. That's when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. 
scores online, all of them in West Virginia. Visit basketballnight.com. Thanks for joining us, and we're glad to be back. Marshall University sports journalism major offers students the opportunity to develop skills in the exciting areas of print public relations or broadcasting. Our curriculum features terrific skill-based courses and prioritizes hands-on experiences that not only expose the students' work to the public, but also to sports journalism professionals who are often willing to provide crucial feedback. Marshall Sports Journalism majors cover our 15 varsity teams in any media format, including text, online, photo, radio, and video. Hands-on real-life experiences come through Marshall's student-powered media, the Parthenon, WMUL Radio, and MUTV, as well as communications campaigns and off-campus internships. The Marshall University School of Journalism and Mass Communications is ready and eager to help you start your sports journalism career. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. Thanks for being with us. Like I said, we've missed you and hopefully you've missed us too. Thanks for joining us on Twitter. For those of you who have joined us on Twitter, we want to give a shout out to Dana Michelle, Yoke Glenn, Lady Bears Basketball, Cameron, Lady Dragons, Anna Kay, Grant Cavalier, Amory Felder, and also Melissa. Join us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. Send us a message and we'll share it with everybody on the air. We want to thank all of our affiliates too. is high school basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. It is 922 on this basketball Friday night in West Virginia on this Friday, April 30th, 2021. A lot of odd things uh, about this evening. First, that's April. Tomorrow is May 1st, and I drove to a basketball Friday night in West Virginia in daylight, and I heard birds chirping on my way in. So this is just... And you were I'm early. Out, I'm out of... And you were early. Well, the, the A Street Viaduct in Huntington is closed. I uh, had to allow extra time and, to get around it. And one of us is wearing shorts, but I won't say who. All right, Bill. Uh, <laughs> at that. Um, again, girls' state basketball tournament in semifinal round right now. Boys' state tournament is next week. And, of course, we are still in the coronavirus pandemic. We're still taking precautions uh, for that. And, and let's go right now to Dr. Sherry young Canal, uh, Charleston Health Department. And she has been very instrumental in offering the vaccine at the Girls' State Tournament Tuesday through Thursday. They'll do the same for the Boys' State Tournament. Dr. Young, first off, thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you for having me. All right. And, and let's talk about... Um, you know, the idea of trying to get younger people vaccinated in this time. I know that I've seen a couple of national studies that, you know, people under 35, it's something like 31% weren't planning to get uh, the vaccination. And you've basically just made it available to a large portion of people 16 and older in West Virginia. 
Well, it's so wonderful to see people from all around the state coming to Charleston, West Virginia, for something other than uh, COVID. And we have had our real estate in the Charleston Coliseum Convention Center for the last several months trying to vaccinate everybody. We wanted to make this available. We wanted to make it right where everybody can get to it. We wanted to make COVID-19 vaccines available for those younger folks and their parents and anybody coming to these basketball games because it's so important the kids have these sports moving forward. Doctor, this is Bill Cornwell. Uh, what was the early response uh, uh, when, with folks at the uh, Coliseum and the Convention Center when they saw you guys set up there and, uh, and offering the service uh, during the girls' tournament this week, which I know you're going to do it against with the boys' tournament? Well, the response was great. We had about 100 people throughout the three days. Uh, again, we're going to be there next week for the boys' basketball tournament. Uh, this is open to not only the kids from high school, those 16 and older, uh, but for any parents, guardians, teachers, anybody just coming to the tournaments, coaches, everybody. We want everybody who's vaccine eligible that just hasn't had the opportunity or had the time to get that vaccine. We want to make it right there available for them. So we'll be there for the morning and evening session. Uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday for the boys' tournaments as well. Um, the, the people were very grateful to see that we were there, and we, it's, it's really our pleasure. We're right across the street. It was an easy move for us to get over there with some vaccines. Hello, Dr. Dr. Young. Uh, Rick Marone here. Quick question uh, for people that might be interested that are traveling down. Is there anything they need to have with them or anything that would be helpful to them? Because some of them be traveling distance uh, as far as what they would need to participate. Absolutely. This is open to anybody. The only thing that we need for those kids who are 16 or 17, if you are coming without a parent or guardian, please get a permission slip or some form of permission from your parent or guardian saying that you can have the vaccine, and we will make that available to you. Uh, for everybody else, we ask for a driver's license just to make sure we get the spelling of your name correct and your birthday correct so that you get credit for getting your vaccine. Other than that, you need to bring nothing other than your team spirit. <laughs> and Dr. Young, getting the, the games onto the floor, that was obviously something that was a goal from the beginning, but also something that has had its own challenges. What role has the health department played in the, um, I want to say, the guidelines within the Charleston Civic Center? Well, the guidelines have been pretty easy to follow. The Charleston Coliseum Convention Center has been a host to us for our mass vaccination clinics for 15 weeks in a row. And uh, we did walkthroughs. We looked at uh, the distancing and the seating and how they were doing an ingress and an egress and the way that they're stopping teams and cleaning in between each of the games. They are doing a great job at the convention center to make sure everybody is staying safe. Dr. Sherry Young of the Canal Charleston Health Department. They will have more vaccinations available Tuesday through Thursday at the Charleston Coliseum and Convention Center during the Boys State Tournament. We thank you so much for joining us, and we know you've had a, a lot of long hours in the past year. We greatly appreciate you taking time to talk with us tonight. Anytime. Thank you guys so much. All right, and again, that is Dr. Sherry Young of the Canal Charleston Health Department. And, I mean, that... You know, that's it. you want to talk about people who have been busy yeah. for the last 14 months. They've been busy, and, and I want to just kind of get on the soapbox with Dr. Young. And I'll tell you what, the, you know, I, I had one player that was on my team was actually fully vaccinated. So had we run into a situation, obviously you can't play with one. But talking to Bernie Dolan this week, uh, he talked about his hope is for the fall, when you get into the fall seasons, that everything can start on schedule. Vaccinations will go a long way towards that Bill Cornwell, whether it's football, cheerleading, volleyball. If you're 
team is fully vaccinated, guess what? If there would happen to be an exposure event, they don't quarantine. Yeah. So no. it, it's a great motivator for athletes. Uh, it should be a great motivator. I know that now this isn't a debate that's going on around the country. A lot of folks are basically saying uh, you need to maybe require vaccinations. Now, you know, that require is a dirty word to some people. But uh, and a lot of people around the country are saying if you're going to have a, a football team, everybody on that team should be vaccinated, soccer team, whatever. Uh, you know, we haven't got to that point yet with basketball. But uh, that's an issue that's going to be going on around the country. Well, and, and I can speak from, you know, personal experience on, on this regard. Uh, two weeks ago yesterday, I had my second vaccination so i am by the definition fully vaccinated now because i've had my two weeks same here after period and um you know i had zero effects with the first shot i might have been just a little tired that was maybe artificially tired more tired than normal for a uh, for a day or so i had the second day i i had uh i was just run down took a day off mm. cleared my schedule <laughs> out and had you know by the end of that evening i was fine i never had that issue i, I had the moderna and uh, other than a sore uh, shoulder for after getting jabbed, I had no side effects. Well, I'll tell you what, I had the Moderna as well. I was in one of the first groups of teachers that uh, Governor Justice right. moved to the front and uh, got my first one in January. The second one was four weeks later in February. And you, do, you will have some mild effects. Everybody's different, so we don't want to mislead anybody to think there's none. I had a little bit of a, uh, some chills that night. My arm was sore, Bill, as well, but part of that was my age, too. So no, no a, offense. I know you're yeah. older than I am, but, no. uh, you know, I think Anytime you get a vaccine, you're going to have a, a little bit of soreness. But uh, by far, within the next day or so, it was gone. Funny and you I'm should mention that. For it. I'm just, funny <laughs> you, you should mention old. that. I think. Well, I, 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 my theory is not. This is not science. My theory is the older you are, the fewer problems you have. <laughs> I, yeah, that's not scientific. I don't think. But I mean, we'll, it is we'll, not. We'll, we'll, we'll go with it. And, and just on, on a personal note, too, um, a, a good friend of mine uh, who. We used to work together. He took another job now, but he he ended up uh, with COVID nineteen and recovered from COVID nineteen. But like after the recovery, like a couple weeks after it had already kind of gone through, he ended up in the hospital hmm. with MISA, one of only thirty people in the country that had it at that point, and uh, they had to fly him to uh, to WVU's hospital there at Ruby Memorial Hospital. And I mean, it was to the point where like they were ready to put him on a heart transplant list, oh and he recovered. And it's it's almost, I mean, to me, it's almost a miracle that, that he was able to make it back. And I want to real fast go to him right now because he's called this show before. He was one of our uh, callers on our 100th show to congratulate us. Then it's, we've only had four in the last <laughs> year, a um, couple of months since then. But uh, we are ready to go. Let's go to Alan Brown real quick before we uh, keep going here. Alan, first off, it is great to talk to you, buddy. Hey, man. How's it going, buddy? Good, good, good. Uh, Alan used to direct the newscast that I work on uh, in my job away from here. And uh, But, again, I know he's been through a, a lot, and we were just talking about how you are, uh, you're kind of a walking miracle. Hey man, if that's if that's what they can come up with, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, we're 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 just we're just glad to hear from you, and, and and it's just it's one of those situations where Alan and I can just like toss texts back and forth the random times of the day. He knows I've worked weird hours too, so uh, it was just it was odd to get that text from him saying, "Hey, I'm going to the hospital. I don't feel well," and then. This escalated very quickly, and Alan, just uh, we were talking about you know the importance of getting the vaccine, 
And, and just from your personal experience, obviously you went through something before the vaccine was eligible to you. Let me put it that way too. And uh, you you have a story that you know might be able to help people who might be on the, the fence right now. Absolutely. I mean, the importance of this vaccine is is huge because I'm 30 years old. I don't smoke. I'm not overweight. I don't have any bad health problems at all. And the after effects, COVID itself didn't take me out. But I, I when I got to Ruby Memorial Hospital from the MIS, I was actually dead. I was on life support machines. And um, like you said, there's one and there's about 30 people who had had this MIS A uh, that they had documented at least. And, uh, um, you know, the importance of this there are people that are going to be on the fence for any vaccine and you should probably do your research and do what you feel right you know so right for your body and feel safest and make your own call but um you know this there are vaccines in history for a reason um you know there are so many diseases that are just absolutely you know, obsolete now because of vaccines so i feel like eventually covid is going to be those things that we can look back in history um and say yeah we're glad that we did the vaccine Alan Brown, so glad to be able to talk with you, buddy, and uh, I greatly appreciate you calling us in here tonight. I appreciate you too, guys. Keep doing the good work. You guys are awesome. All right, appreciate that. Again, that's Alan Brown. Corduroy Brown, if you know him in the music circles <laughs> in Huntington. Uh, a good friend of mine. I just, I'm, It just tickles me to be able to talk with him and, and to just hear from him. We're going to step aside right now. We'll take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk with Lonnie Lucas, head coach of the Huntington Girls. We're going to play a state championship. We'll also talk with Pat Jones, head coach of the Nitro Girls basketball team. They ended a long, unbeaten streak of North Marion today. They're into championship Saturday. All that and much more when basketball Friday night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game or during the championships. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Thanks for joining us, and we've missed you. We hope you're listening in on many of our affiliate stations throughout West Virginia, including 104.1 FM WVXS and Romney, thanks to them, 92.5 FM WZAC Madison Danville, Charleston, 105.5 FM WKQV in Cowan and heard in Braxton County on 106.9 FM, 91.5 FM WRSG Middleburn, 102.3 FM WMTD in Hinton, 7.40 AM, 106.5 FM WRNR in Martinsburg, 13.60 AM, 97.1 FM, had to check that, WHJC Mate 1, Williamson Belfry, 1600 AM, 98.1 FM, WKKX in Wheeling, 1370 AM, 97.7 FM, WVLY Moundsville, 101.1 FM, WVWPLP in Wayne, 92.3 FM, WYRC in Spencer, 103.7 FM, WKQV in Fisher, 92.5 FM, WTHMLP, Ravenswood, Ripley, 106.7 FM, WHFI, Linside, 93.9 FM, WRRR, St. Mary's, 104.5 FM, WASP, LP, in Huntington. Just some of our affiliates. Thanks for being with us on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia.
date on your favorite teams, check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Bill Cornwell, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 9.35 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. This is more like it. This is the pace we like. We've got back-to-back-to-back interviews to take care of here yeah. knock out on this girls' basketball semifinal Friday. We'll talk with Pat Jones, head coach of the Nitro girls' basketball team in a moment. We'll also talk with Corey Hines, who is the head coach at Fairmont Senior, along with Marley Washington. So they're going to play Nitro in the AAA girls' basketball championship game tomorrow. But first... We are joined from the Charleston Coliseum and Convention Center by Huntington girls basketball head coach Lonnie Lucas. The Highlanders into the 4A state championship game. And Coach Lucas, first off, congratulations on making it to a title game that, well, it's a first. We haven't had a 4A before this year. Well, thank you very much. And uh, your ball club defeated Morgantown earlier today, 55-40. to 40. And I know it was kind of a, a tale of two days for your team. Had some struggles on day one against Martinsburg, but played much better today. Uh, get the nerves out? Like, what was the biggest difference that you saw on your team? Well, we played better today, uh, but uh, give Martinsburg some, some credit. Uh, they had a lot to do with how we played last night for the first half. Uh, and then we finally settled in the fourth quarter and did all right. But uh, uh, we thought we matched up pretty well with Morgantown, except for uh, their big girl inside, number 25. And she she uh, actually on paper presented a great problem. But when the game started, uh, you know, Monty Hickman, she, uh, she did a good job uh, uh, on her. And uh, we got the ball game in, in check pretty, pretty fast. Bonnie, it's Bill Cornwell. Uh, you know, we're, we're used to seeing uh, uh, good games from, from Raven Goodson. She had 16 today uh, against Morgantown, but uh, the player that I was really impressed with as far as getting on the boards and doing some good work for you was Raven Goodson. Talk about her game today. Uh, he's having a hard time hearing us, I can tell, because it's very loud could, in Charleston. I didn't really hear yeah, you. Lonnie, we, we were talking, I, I was saying, uh, uh, we're used to seeing Raven Goodson score for you, and she had a good game today, but uh, the thing is that uh, uh, the, the one girl that I was really impressed with was uh, the work by uh, Amara Jackson. Ten rebounds today. Great work, uh, and just really tough inside. Okay, yeah, uh, she's a freshman, and uh, she's been coming along all year, and she's been bailing us out uh, all season long. Uh, basically, my subs are, are uh, uh, freshmen, and uh, but they've had a problem with being quarantined all year at different times, and then uh, uh, Turner's just now coming back from a head injury that she got uh, a week or so ago, and uh, but. Uh, the freshmen come in and do a good job. And Jackson, she's just uh, uh, ready to go no matter what position you put her in. She plays good defense, and she also hits the boards. And she's a good offensive player, too. Coach, your ball club in a very tough sectional with Cabell Midland, who is the number two seed and who's trying to advance to the championship game against you guys right now. You obviously have George Washington in conference play as well. Easily, you know, it's easy to say that you guys are definitely battle-tested going into tomorrow. You're going to get a familiar opponent either way. Oh, yeah. We've, we've played George Washington. They beat us. That's the only game we've lost. We've played Cabell Midland in sectional. Beat them. So they're both good, both good teams. And... Uh, and we, uh, yeah, we know what they do, and they know what we do. So uh, either way it comes out tonight, uh, uh, we'll, 
<laughs> we'll just have to get, a, get out there and do our job tomorrow. Well, Coach, we know you're, you're watching that game right now between Cabell Midland and George Washington. Your team will play the winner. That will be tomorrow night in the 4A championship game, 8 o'clock throw in for that contest. Uh, Coach Lonnie Lucas, congratulations on making it to championship Saturday. And good luck tomorrow. Uh, he, he can't hear us. I understand. That's all right. Coach, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much. We'll, right. just, we'll just stay here. Uh, I, again, I understand that. Exactly. I, and you know what? I like it. You know why? <laughs> it means there are people there that are it fired up to watch basketball game. And I tell you what, he's watching a tight one right now because Midland had a 16-9 lead, but uh, right now it's 17 to 15. They're kind of at the media timeout there of the second quarter. So, uh, and this is not a surprise that this one's as tight as it is. I'll tell you a team that's been very impressive, not just in the tournament all season long, but even more so on the big scale, on the big stage, has been Nitro in Class AAA. They pick up a 79-63 win over North Marion today to advance the girls' AAA state championship game for the first time since, I believe, it was 2001 Mm. when Nitro played Capital, and that game had Renee Montgomery, Alexis Hornbuckle, and Meg Withrow, all three playing in that ball game, and Capital was able to win that. And Pat Jones is the head coach of the Nitro Wildcats. He joins us now on the program. And, Coach, first off, it's good to get to talk basketball with you. Coach Jones, are, are you with us? Yeah, can you hear me? There, yeah, I got you now, yeah. First off, Coach, it's just good Sorry, to be able to talk basketball. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a long time for sure. And uh, your your basketball team, a 79-63 winner today over North Marion. Uh, Bailey Goins has has had the headlines for you know four years basically, and rightfully so. I know uh, Chuck Landon, the Herald Dispatcher, and uh, Charleston Gazette Mail columnist compared her game to Jason Williams today. Though it was Taylor Maddox that was really the one that Nitro could, or excuse me, North Marion could not account for. She goes off for 30 today. Really good to have a great one-two punch in the scoring column for you guys. Oh, absolutely. I told her at the end of the first quarter, she had a real slow first quarter, slow start. And she was walking off the court, and I, I mean, you know, I was joking with her, just trying to relax her. You could tell she was nervous, but I just, I said, listen, I don't know if you're caught in traffic or if you're on vacation. I said, you're missing one heck of a basketball game. I said, you know, if you'd like to help, if you'd like to join us, I said, you're more than welcome to come out there and do something. I said, you passed up four shots, and I said, you know, they're open shots. I need you to shoot those. It worked, you know, and I mean, you know, she's been there for us all year. You know, she's stepped up big in big games, but today I told her, you know, I said, if there's going to be a bigger stage to step up and show how good you are as just a sophomore, I said, you picked no better game than today's game. Hey, Coach. Coach Marone here. Congratulations on making the finals. Uh, Thank you. I tell you what, uh, I look back, uh, that game with Winfield, uh, all the way back in sectional, I watched that game on the live stream, and I, I just seen in your kids, I mean, they, they refuse to lose. I mean, no matter what the situation, it seems like you've got a really gritty team that's willing to kind of battle to the finish, and it's uh, it served you well, so you're very talented. But just talk a little bit about the heart and desire that it takes uh, to kind of navigate your way to where you're at now. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I mean, we're young still. I mean, you know, I've got two seniors and then I've got, you know, two sophomores and the rest juniors. But, I mean, I was telling the press today after the game, you know, I give them a lot of constructive criticism. I yell a lot. But this is the the first group of girls that I've coached that, you know, they don't tuck their head and they don't start pouting or crying or, you know, anything like that. If anything, it's like it motivates them to go out and play harder. And, you know, I, I tell them night in and night out, especially, you know, we got down 15-6 against St. Joe, and we were down 
mostly the whole game against Winfield and sectionals, you know, I told him, I said, you know, I believe in you. I need you to believe in me. If I've got you on the court, it's because I believe in you enough to be out there at that time to do what I need you to do. And, I mean, you know, and and they take it in and, you know, they, they push through all the ups and downs. And, I mean, at the end of the day, that's all I ask them because, you know, these are high school kids, so you can't really go too crazy. But to see the response you get when you do yell a little bit, you know, to see them not set their heads and go out, it shows you that, you know, you've got a smart, you know, mature group of girls that want to win and they're willing to do what it takes to win at the end of the day. Pat, this is Bill Cornwell. Uh, talk about the uh, the struggle just to get to March and get the season started this year. Uh, you know, you were seventeen and one. Hopefully, you'll be eighteen and one if you win tomorrow. And uh, you know, I, I know that it was had to be frustrating as the, the weeks went by. When are we going to get the season started? You know, what preparations can we do? Uh, you know, talk about the struggle. Uh, you know, back from late December, January, February till we got to be playing in March. Oh, it's been long. Uh, it has been. I mean, in all honesty, it worked out to the best for me because Bailey's appendix actually ruptured uh, in the first week or second week of February. So that would have been right around sectional play. So I would have lost her for the for sectionals and regionals. I wouldn't have even had her. Um, but thankfully, you know, it got pushed back to March, which kind of was a benefit for me because if not, I wouldn't have had her. Um, but I was just telling someone the other day, you know, this has been the shortest season but the longest season for coaches because we're not used to the and the girls aren't used to playing four games a week, you know, sometimes five games a week, depending on what happens. Um, but to see, you know, the perseverance that these girls have to come out and play night in and night out, get on the ball, get on the ground for loose balls, and, you know, just never give up. I mean, it shows a lot about them. And I'm glad that, you know, tomorrow's the last game. I'm not going to lie because I am exhausted. I mean, this has been the longest <laughs> season ever. And I, I hope that, you know, we get to come out with a state championship. It would be great for, you know, the girls. They deserve it. But more so for the city of Nitro. You know, we've got a lot of support out of the city of Nitro this year. You know, we'd like to give it back to them, really. Coach Pat Jones of the Nitro girls basketball team, one last question for you. We were talking about Bailey Goins, and, and you, you mentioned what she went through with the, the health issue there right as you know, workouts, basically, were starting to pick up. She's had to change her game, and she's no less effective. I'm t- I've t- I tell everybody, she's, she's a very special kid. To, to go through the double teams and the triple teams and – night in and night out and still come out and you know you never hear a complaint from her she never argues she never yells she doesn't complain to the officials you know she just goes out and she plays her game and she lets her game speak for herself and to you know have an appendix rupture and come right back basically three weeks later after doctor released her like there was no issues i mean it was unbelievable i mean this is the career she's had at nitro is unbelievable but just to know that you know she was still there for those girls even after an appendix rupture and was ready to go by the beginning of the first game of the season. It just it just speaks volume about, you know, how good of a ball player she truly is. Nitro and Fairmont Senior will meet for the Class AAA Girls State Basketball Championship tomorrow at 530 at the Charleston Coliseum and Convention Center. Coach Pat Jones of the Nitro Wildcats, congratulations on advancing the championship Saturday. Best of luck to you guys. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. All right, you as well. And, again, Coach Jones, appreciate him taking time to talk with us. Let's Go back to the Charleston Civic Center Coliseum and Convention Center as 
we have Marley Washinitz of the Fairmont Senior Polar Bears ready to join us. She scored 26 points today, and Fairmont Seniors went over Logan just actually about an hour ago that game ended. Marley, welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Hi, thank you. I know it can be a little bit difficult to hear, and uh, so we'll do our best with this. 26 points tonight. This was a game today against Logan, a little bit of a slow start, a very competitive two and a half quarters. What was the difference for you guys in the last 12 or so minutes of that game? Yeah, so coming into the game, we had a really slow start. Um, something we normally do, don't do. Um, we normally come out, you know, really fast-paced. Um, you know, we get a good head start. Um, but in this game, you know, it was something different. Uh, you know, Logan came in. They weren't coming at the play to lose. You know, they were just like us. They're determined to win. Uh, they had a lot of great players, you know, Peyton. I know they had some seniors that, you know, aren't really replaceable. So, you know, them coming into this game, they didn't want to lose. They had the same mindset as us. And I think we just came together as a team um, and really said, you know, we're not doing this again. We're not having a repeat of last year because, you know, that left a hole in our hearts that we don't want to, you know, happen again. And last year, the state tournament did not finish, but Fairmont Senior had lost in the opening round to Pikeview a year ago. So that their game had already been played when the tournament was halted due to COVID. And uh, Marley, something that I noticed uh, through the early parts of COVID a year ago, uh, a year or so ago at this point now, you were kind of leading workouts for a lot of the younger girls throughout West Virginia and doing so virtually. Uh, tell me a little bit about that and, and how that uh, kind of connected you to some of the kids that you maybe wouldn't normally get to be connected to. Yeah, so when COVID all first happened, you know, a lot of gyms were shut down, um, whether it was just weightlifting rooms or, you know, basketball courts or, you know, hoops. Um, you know, some people even went to the uh, extent of, you know, taking rims off of, you know, open outdoor hoops, you know, just to make sure everyone was quarantined and staying safe. So being able to have a, you know, virtual workout for me and others to join, um, whether it were my teammates, whether it was, you know, younger kids who looked up to me or, you know, even younger kids in other states, um, it was something that helped me personally um, as a person and as a basketball player, obviously. Uh, I was very basketball related. Uh, you know, we were doing ball handling. We were working on things that you um, could use to shoot better, um, even with no baskets. You know, we had no baskets involved with my workouts. We just had a ball, and you just needed a camera or a computer to set up the workout. Um, it was something that is really touched my heart because, you know, I saw how many kids, you know, really reach out to me and, you know, would take the time to listen to my workouts and take my advice. Marley, uh, we, we talked to some of the coaches about uh, the uh, unusual season this year. Of course, you guys have been so hot 17 or no, but of course, uh, you've played all these games in a short amount of time. Uh, you know, talk about uh, not having as much time to recover, as much time to refresh between games as you normally would have in a regular season. Yeah. So, um, coming into the season, we knew it wouldn't be the same as last year for the fact that, you know, COVID has such a big impact on everything from, you know, people um, to their mental health to, you know, their sport they love, the sport they've been playing for years. Um, so, coming in, we knew that there would be a different type of flow and rhythm of basketball. Um, I personally really have enjoyed the season a lot. Um, whether we've been thrown with challenges, you know, we've overcome them as a team, you know, and as individuals. Um, we never have turned on each other, really. Um, our whole team, we have probably one of the best chemistry that I've seen uh, from any team, really. Um, my teams in the past, you know, freshman year, one of the greatest teams I've been with. Uh, sophomore year, you know, still a great team I was with. It just, it just didn't end the way we wanted it to. Um, but this season, I think that we just have something special um, and something that's not replaceable, you know, from uh, the top of the bench to the end of the bench. You know, everyone's there for the same reason, and that's to win. She's WVU bound, but first she's going to try to win her second state girls basketball championship, Marley Washington of the Fairmont Senior Polar Bears. Congratulations once again on getting there, and thanks for joining us tonight. 
Yeah, thank you so much, and thanks for having me. All right, again, that's Mar- Marley Washington of the Fairmont Senior Polar Bears. We've got to step aside take a break. Then when we come back, we'll talk with Cameron girls coach Holly Pettit. That's a ball club that's playing in its first state tournament. Then we'll play for the first state championship tomorrow. It's from Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Rolls on here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Every Friday night, at least this Friday and next Friday, it's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Thanks for joining us, and we appreciate you having us back. Careers in sports journalism are growing with the expansion of cable networks, the rise of sports-centered online platforms, and ever-popular local coverage. Get in the game. Your passion, curiosity, charisma, and a Marshall University sports journalism degree will equip you with the combination for success. You'll be the eyes, ears, and life of the game when you learn the art of sports storytelling while covering the thundering herd on our Huntington campus. Go behind player stats and game scores. Learn to report compelling stories. Become proficient in breaking news across multiple platforms. Find out how sports and media impact our society. Marshall University's WH Pitt School of Journalism and Mass Communications is ready and eager to help you start your sports journalism career. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. And of course, high school basketball action in West Virginia is heating up as the teams are focusing on the state championships. Stay right here. You'll get all the information on all the games for three hours this Friday night and next Friday night. We'll be here online and on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. high school basketball around the mountain state you're listening to basketball friday night in west virginia on the fast break sports network now back to your hosts bill cornwell coach rick marone and ryan epling no one's better organized than we are here on the set of basketball friday night in west virginia our first show and i think we've covered the desk with papers but that's okay you look like you're shuffling cards Uh, well you know Uh, it's just one of those things where I've spent the last two minutes looking for one thing. I've got so much information here. It's actually, it's all organized. I have unorganized it myself by just kind of, uh, you know, just kind of messing around with this in in an unfortunate uh, manner. While you're doing that, we'll give a little score update there at halftime in the uh, 4A semifinal. And Cabell Midland is leading George Washington 17-16. And next to the last sheet in my stack of papers was the one I was looking for. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Right up in Bill Cornwell. Coach Rick Marone with you here as our resident referee, Bo Anderson, is over in the bullpen. We'll talk with him a little bit later on tonight. Tomorrow, we have a, a Class A first. Cameron and Tug Valley will play in the state championship game. And for one of those schools, it will be their first state championship game. Coach Holly Pettit of the Cameron Dragons joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Coach Pettit, first off, 
welcome to the program, and congratulations on reaching Championship Saturday. Thank you very much. Your it's bu- been it's been a fun ride. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Your ball club eighteen and one, a very impressive win in yesterday's semifinals over Calhoun County, forty four twenty eight. Boy, the Class A tournament looks a lot different this year with the new classification system. And to me, it looks a whole lot more community-based schools have made it. Tell me what that's been like so far. You know, it's it's been really exciting. I think I think you know the new the new classification system. There, like you said, there's a lot a lot of different uh, different teams that you, that we see that we're seeing in the Class A, and you know, it gives the opportunity for small schools like Cameron and um, other small schools throughout the state to to show you know, that they deserve to be in the state tournament. And for Cameron, we are, we're such a small community, such a small town. And you, the, the, the pride that the, that the town shows is just amazing. It really is a very good program. And, and you know, I'll tell you what, right now, uh, Coach Pettit, we're, we're kind of up against the break. Can I just uh, put you back on hold? We'll bring you back after the top of the hour because we're up against a hard break coming up here in about a minute or so. Sure. All right, so we, we, sure. we will come back to Coach Holly Pettit uh, of Cameron and just uh, you know after the break, after the top of the hour, we'll also talk with uh, Tuck Valley girls coach Clyde Farley. We only have about 50 seconds or so here before the break. So uh, Coach Marone, uh, Class A was a whole lot different this year. You were involved in it. It's a very, very different-looking classification. Yeah, and, and it's a good look, uh, I think. You've got teams that got great community support. You've got teams that have, again, they've kind of been hidden hidden gems in the basketball world. And uh, you talk about putting on a show. I mean, uh, Kayla Bazin for Tuck Valley uh, setting a three-point record. She's been doing that for three years, believe me. She's a wonderful talent along with the remainder of that club. Uh, Cameron's got good players, too. These uh, kids get a chance to showcase what they can do. And I think the state really embraced it and some of the best crowds Bill have uh, been these uh, Class A games Uh, Class Single A I'll say this, the change in classification opened things up that's the thing, it definitely opened things up, it wasn't just one or two guys and everybody else were sorry everybody was pretty much available uh, to possibly compete for a title this year Can you believe we've already got one hour done? I mean, we've got really? already. Yeah, <laughs> basketball Friday night in West Virginia waits for no one. Coming up after the break, we will go back to Coach Holly Pettit of the Cameron Dragons. We don't want to keep her up too late, or Coach Clyde Farley of the Tuck Valley Girls. They got an AM championship game tomorrow morning, so we got to get that all lined up for them as well. We got much more on basketball Friday night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Big thank you to all of our affiliates carrying Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia over all of these years. We want to thank you. And that includes Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM WMUL in Huntington, 950 AM WBES Charleston, 90.7 FM WFGH Fort Gay, 98.5 FM, 101.5 FM, WQAZ, Edmund, Neckley, 101.7 FM, WYAPLP in Clay, 1290 AM, 101.9 FM, WVOW in Logan, 104.5 FM, WASPLP, Huntington, 93.9 FM, WRRR, St. Mary's, 106.7 FM, WHFI, Linside, 92.5 FM, WTHM, 
LP, Ravenswood, Ripley, 103.7 FM WQWV in Fisher, 92.3 FM WYRC in Spencer, 101.1 FM WVWPLP Wayne, 1370 AM, 97.7 FM WVLY in Moundsville, 1600 AM, 98.1 FM WKKX in Wheeling, 1360 AM, 97.1 FM WHJC, Make One, Williamson Belfry, and 740 AM, 106.5 FM WRNR in Martinsburg. A big thank you to all of our affiliates throughout the Mountain State. You can listen online at basketballnight.com. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup for all the scores all the time. And visit BasketballNight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now. One hour down, two hours to go. Ryan Epling, Bill Cornwell, and Coach Rick Maroon with you on the fastest three hours in radio. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Episode one of two of, the, uh, of season eight. This is how it's gone. We're going to talk with uh, Coach Holly Pettit of the Cameron Girls basketball team in a moment. We'll go back to her. We'll also talk with Coach Clyde Farley of the Tug Valley Girls. Right now, let's quickly go back to the Charleston Coliseum and Convention Center where George Washington and Cabell Midland are at halftime of the girls' 4A semifinals. Jordan Mounts joins us with a check-in on stats from that one. Yeah, guys, I'm uh, here looking at the stats overall. Uh, first quarter, uh, Cabell Midland jumped out to a 14-9 to uh, lead over the George Washington Lady Patriots, but George Washington rallied back and outscored uh, Cabell Midland 7-3 to there in that second quarter. Overall, the team's shooting for the first half, uh, Cabell Midland shooting 54% from the field, George Washington struggling, only shooting 30% from the field, and 2-for-6 uh, for, six from, uh, for 33% from three point land. Uh, points, uh, leading point scorers for both teams, Kalissa uh, uh, Lacey for the Lady Patriots uh, is leading the team with 10 points. Uh, on the opposite side of things, Cabell Midland, it's all spread out. Uh, their leading point scorer at this time, Jasmine Wheeler. All right, so Cabell Midland 17, George Washington 16 at halftime of the Girls Class 4A state tournament semifinal games. Let's go right back to uh, Coach Holly Pettit Cameron, who was so kind to wait for us there through the break. And our Cameron Dragons will be in the Curls Class Single-A Championship game tomorrow. They got there with a 44-28 win yesterday over Calhoun County. And I want to talk about a couple of uh, outstanding performances you had uh, yesterday. Sometimes, you know, players, when they don't shoot well, sometimes the rest of their game doesn't necessarily uh, show up. But Lily Neely yesterday, 17 points, Struggled from the field. It was a hard-earned 17, but also 14 from Kinsey Clutter. You have good balance in your scoring. Uh, yeah, definitely. Lily has been a, a clutch player pretty much every game this year. She's our she's she's a solid leader. She's a senior, and um, you know she's just a, a great all-around player. And 
she knows that if she's, um, you know, if she's not shooting well from the outside, we know that she can drive to the basket. She can get, she can get a good 15, 18 points every game. Um, you know, she gets to the line well. She drives to the basket well, and you know, she's always. She's always good from outside the line, too. Um, Kenzie Clutter, she had a great game yesterday. She had the game yesterday that I've been waiting for her to have. She, uh, I know that she's, she's had the capability to play that game, to shoot the ball that well. Um, all season long, I was, I was just waiting for it to come, and I guess nothing, nothing like waiting until the state uh, tournament to, to bring that game out. If you're a fan of rebounding and defense, you had one lady who uh, she had a great game yesterday, and that's uh, Ashlyn Van Tassel. She only had five points, Coach, but 14 rebounds, 11 defensive rebounds, and she also had four block shots. That's getting it done on the defensive side. Absolutely. Ashlyn has been another you know, solid staple in our lineup this year. She's averaged, uh, I think she's had a double-double every game except for um, maybe down here. She's she's always solid underneath the basket, and, um, you know, she gets the work done down there. She puts in puts in the time, you know, gets those girls out of the way and gets the rebound. You know, and it, and it can't go unnoticed that I have, you know, Reagan Gray and, and Emma Whipke. They're my other two that, that round out the starting five. And those two are the blue-collar workers. They are the the role players of the team. You know, they play great defensively. They do the the uh, the work that that they they create the plays for my offense. And, um, you know, I couldn't ask for better better defensive players than them. You get Tug Valley in tomorrow morning's class single-A title game. What do you know about the Panthers? We know that they are they are fast, they're big, and they shoot the ball well. And we know that we're going to have to be you know, on our game defensively and offensively in order to, you know, to be in the ball game with them. It should be a fantastic ball game in the class single-A championship game tomorrow morning between Cameron and and Tug Valley. Coach Holly Pettit of the Cameron Lady Dragons. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. Best of luck. Thank you. All right, and we're a little less than 12 hours away from the ball being thrown in in that yeah. contest, which, again, no jump balls this year due to COVID protocols. So that's been something that's been weird to say. You don't have a tip-off. <laughs> so uh, we've been working around that. I've picked up on that way quicker than I have the name of the Charleston Coliseum and Convention Center, by the way. But... Uh, nonetheless, uh, Cameron will take on Tug Valley tomorrow, and Tug Valley had only won two girls' state basketball tournament games before this week. They've won two this week. Coach Clyde Farley of the Tug Valley Panthers joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Coach Farley, thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, thank you for having me on. I know you got a little bit of a tight turnaround, so we won't keep you too long here. It was uh, the title game about 12 hours away, and... Will you get a good night's sleep, or is it going to be a little bit restless tonight? Nah, it'll be restless. Uh, <laughs> I don't know that I've slept much all week. Uh, your ball club picked up a 49-31 win over Tucker County. And, I, and what struck me is the difference between your first two games. You guys shot the ball really well in, in game one of the state tournament. Didn't really shoot the ball that well yesterday, but did everything else so well that you were still able to win comfortably. Tell me about your team being able to, you know, not rely on making jump shots and to be able to still play well in other facets. Uh, we're very versatile. We're, we're, we're not, you know, we're not a one-man show. I know Kaylee had a really big game that first game, but normally she's the one who creates for everyone else. Now, she leads us in scoring, but a lot of that is drives and, and free throws. 
but you know, um, it's it just we're our defense. This um, is so much different from any team I've ever coached. Uh, we've never been known for defense. Coach Marone knows that from years and years <laughs> ago. Uh, we're, we're three point shooting, running up down the floor. Uh, I, I used to always joke with them that I think defense is thing keeps the D dog in the yard. <laughs> yeah, but. My assistants, Coach uh, Seth Uten and Coach Eddie May, they've worked hard on this defense. I give them all the credit. Hey, Coach. Coach Marone here. Uh, like we talked yesterday, congratulations. I, I wish you the best of luck tomorrow to bring that thing back to, to our section and region. Uh, we're pulling for you. But I think you hit it on the head, and uh, I want to throw a couple names out there because they are players that I think really shine defensively. I think Audra Evans, uh, Hall. I mean, you've got players uh, that are just committed to defense, and uh, your other girls have bought into it too. But uh, I, I just think the job you did on uh, Colbank yesterday, I think you, you she got up one shot. I mean, I mean, she had been dominating people all year. Just talk a little bit about those uh, kind of those behind-the-scenes things that those players do that make you a championship team. Listen, Audrey Evans, um, I've coached for many, many years. I took a long gap off there. But in all the years I've ever coached, I've never had a player as exciting to watch. She's, she's unique in many ways. She fights as hard in practice on every single possession. Uh, as she does uh, if it's the last possession of the game. She wants to win every single ball. And I have to blow that whistle and say, ball, 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 <laughs> to, to get it to stop. Uh, and, and, I mean, her motor, it, it never, ever, ever stops. And Autumn Hall, her defense, she's long. You know, she's more known for being one of the better, if not the best, single-A pitcher in the state of West Virginia in softball. But, you know, she, in, in our biggest games, and that's including yours, Coach Brown, at the three Gilmer County games, uh, she's average, and she doesn't average that many rebounds, maybe eight or something. But in those games, she averaged about 17 or 18 rebounds. So she certainly, and, and she don't care if she ever shoots, uh, neither does Audrey. Audrey hit a few shots uh, Tuesday night. But really, neither girl cares if they ever shoot. They'd much rather pass. Uh, it's a really unique bunch of girls. There's no jealousy. There's no... Uh, competition or worrying about who who might be a star of the game uh, twice this year. We've had all five starters and double figures, and, and that's unusual for boys or girls basketball. Coach, this is Bill Cornwell. Uh, played your semifinals yesterday. You don't play the final to tomorrow. Talk about the fact that you get a little extra time to game plan and, uh, and prepare for uh, Cameron. Uh, we, we're, we're, I think we're ready. We went over West Virginia State this morning. We wanted to mimic an early practice since we'll be playing early. And, uh, so we went kind of light, but we went through everything. Um, and I, I think we're ready. Um, you know, they're a very good team. They're, they're, they're young, big girls. She's amazing. And I, I, I'm sure Coach Murray remembers this because he remembers everything. But we played them a couple years ago in his tournaments. And, uh, of course, my girls were babies then. But we lost a close contested game and, uh, to Cameron. And, and you know, we they've still got a couple of those same players. But uh, we're, we're looking forward to the matchup. And certainly, Michaela May did an amazing job on the big girl uh, from Tucker last night. And you all mentioned that stat. But, you know, one of the most incredible stats I think I've ever seen is we held her to one shot. And that was... <laughs> Uh, that was a lot of help defense, but one shot, not just one basket, one shot. I thought that was just 
I don't know that I've ever had that happen, especially against a star quality player. Hey, Coach, uh, you mentioned Michaela May. She put a, a kind of an individual run on in that game yesterday. She hit three or four buckets in a row that I thought really separated you guys and and sent you on your way. But, uh, you know, when you think about tomorrow, the, the, the first, uh, you know, of this new classification, yes, there's been Class A championships before, but with the four-class system, if you could just share just a little bit. I know Coach Pettit talked a little bit about it. Uh, just how exciting it is. I know for, for us and a lot of schools just like you all, uh, it's a wonderful experience for you and your community, if you could just share a little bit, whether you or Cameron comes out on top, somebody's winning their first championship, and I think it's well-deserved, and uh, it's exciting to look to the future. And I think a lot of that, Coach Moran, goes to you. You fought really hard, and, and you uh, helped get that ball rolling and showing the, the differences and, and the thing. You know, the last two years, and I've had a good basketball team, but there's no doubt, you know, we, we have Bayesham, we have Newsom, we have May, we have... Uh, Evans and Hall, and we have a nice basketball team, but we knew pretty much, and my girls are not dumb, they kind of knew where their season was ending. We were losing to St. Joe in the section. Unless a miracle happened, we were losing to Parkersburg Catholic in the region. This year, we came into the season truly believing that we could control how our season ended, and we've been on a heck of a run, and uh, we're glad to get the season in, but you know we're we're thankful to have this four class. I hope it stays. It'll, I hope it stays. I'm not going to be in this probably that much longer, but I hope it stays so that the excitement that our community is feeling can be shared in other communities. And I, and I feel the same way for Cameron. Whoever comes out of this, I think it'll be exciting for for the school, for the community, and I think it's exciting for the state of West Virginia. Coach Clyde Farley of the Tug Valley Girls basketball team. His team will play in the Class Single A State Championship game 10 o'clock tomorrow morning against Cameron at the Charleston Civic Center Coliseum. I still call it the Civic Center, whatever. <laughs> it's in Charleston, big, big, the big building. And, uh, Coach, I know your girls are also going to try to uh, give you a, a birthday gift tomorrow. So best of luck tomorrow. And happy early birthday. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, thank you very much. We appreciate it, and we appreciate the, the work that you guys put in. Well, we thank you for that as well. That's Coach Clyde Farley of the Tug Valley Panthers. And uh, really a, a lot to digest there. And um, we, we've still got a lot to get in here, so let's look at what we've got. Let's, let's go ahead and just talk about this real fast, uh, Coach Marone. Again, you've seen both teams recently. And, uh, you know, both good basketball teams. You've already, we already talked about them being hidden gems. But that feeling of having a chance... How were, were things different at your practices, at your off-season this year? Was the atmosphere a little bit different for your ball club? No question. Uh, Coach Farley uh, put it better than I probably could, and uh, uh, he, he hit it right on the head. Uh, and I think we have a unique perspective. Uh, uh, Coach Farley and myself both, you know, we've competed in other classes. You know, we've been in AA. We've seen what state tournament, he's been to the state tournament. You know, we know what that's all about. And then you know what the situation had been up till this year. So uh, it, it's different, but it's better. I mean, the more kids that are involved, more communities are involved, I want somebody to share how that's a bad thing. Uh, if you want to put the best teams on display uh, for the sport that we all love, Mm -hmm. this is the way to do it. You want community energy? What is high school sports about? It's about community involvement. It's about representing your community. And Bill Cornwell, I see win-win, and I hope, just like Coach Farley, I won't be in it that much longer either, but I hope it continues. Let me tell you about Coach Farley, too, in Tug Valley. Everybody in the state knows about Tug Valley boys basketball. You haven't heard as much about Tug Valley girls basketball. They've been working for years down there, building, building, building. Yeah, they run into impediments, certainly 
the the St. Joe Wall, I call it, was a was all pretty much impenetrable for them, and for many, so many single A teams uh, in Southern West Virginia. Well, that's not here now. He makes a good point, and uh, you know, good luck to them. Uh, you know, no, nothing against Camera, but good luck to them as they really try to establish their footprint as. Uh, Part of the uh, the state, uh, I guess you could say the the atmosphere in basketball. Because again, we know Tug Valley boys and boy, everybody down the, in the uh, Naugatuck area loves that. But give the girls some credit. Yeah, they'll get their week next week. They will. It's it's all about their girls basketball team yeah. right now. We're going to step aside, take a break. When we come back, we got a lot of Wyoming East basketball to talk about. <laughs> we'll talk about the Lady Warriors. We'll talk with Coach Angie Bonsini, and we'll also talk with our standout athlete of the week. You know, sometimes we get that exactly right at the right time. I think we did this time, too. All that much more in Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. is high school basketball's voice in the Mountain State. You're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We want you to become part of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, part of our family. Follow us on Twitter. We'll make sure to mention you tonight. At hoops underscore roundup. At hoops underscore roundup. And you can tweet us your comment about the games and what's been going on with your teams and all through this COVID thing. At hoops underscore roundup. At hoops underscore roundup. Big shout out to some of the people that joined us uh, tonight on Twitter, including uh, Saverin Fry, Jacques Canada, Amelia Rowe, Jumbo 32, Dana Schrack, Larry Mania, Melissa, Amara Felder, Grant Cavalier, Anna Kay. Of course, the Cameron Lady Dragons joined us on Twitter and the Oakland Lady Bears basketball team and Dana Michelle. They're all part of our family now on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. You can also go to our website. Check us out there. Basketballnight.com. Of course, you can call, tweet, text and email us. Everything happening with your team. We want to thank you for being part of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We also want to thank our many affiliates, including 104.1 FM, WVXS, and Romney, and 92.5 FM, WZAC, Madison, Danville, Charleston. school basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 10-18 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Semifinal Friday, the girls say tournament. Quick update. The game that's in progress, Cabell Midland leads George Washington 32-21 early in the fourth quarter of that girls' 4A semifinal. Winner plays Huntington tomorrow in the championship. You know, there are some familiar faces when it comes to championship Saturday in West Virginia. Fairmont Senior's been one that's been there very often. Yep. Uh, you know, in AAA, Huntington's there every so often, but, uh, you know, won the 2017 title 
uh, Cabell Midland or George Washington will be somebody that's a little bit different into the girls' 4A state championship game. Uh, Parkersburg Catholic has been a team that has fought into their, their title games over the past uh, you know, 10, 15 years, roughly. And Wyoming East has been a, a regular on Championship we've, Saturday. We've talked about Wyoming East a lot and talked to folks from Wyoming East a lot over the last three or four years. And why not? Because they've been really something special. They've been really good. And and, and they are also really good. So, um, Bill, uh, this is just a situation where you've got a, a good ball club and a good community. We're calling the bullpen, too. We're going to bring in a reliever for Coach Marone here. Exactly. Yeah. And exactly. And, and, you know, the, the schools that fed into Wyoming East were always good basketball schools. And, uh, you know, it, it's Mullins, good to see. Pineville. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Mullins. That's, right. all, that's all you got to say. Yeah. D'Antoni's, among yeah. others. Yeah. Uh, Herbie Brooks, among others. And, and you got to think about, uh, you know, this, just the, the talent that's been down there and the enthusiasm for the game. And it's beautiful. And we've talked about this on the show many times over the years that when these consolidations occur, don't lose the enthusiasm for your kids. Go support the kids. You know, yeah, your school's gone, but support the kids. That's what the folks at Wyoming East have done, and they've enabled the coaching staff, the players, to be really successful over the years down at Wyoming East. And we're calling a little bit of an audible here. That's why we had a, a, some shifting going on right in the in the middle of the uh, of this segment. And let's... First, before we talk about that team that will play in the championship game, that Wyoming East team that will play Parkersburg Catholic tomorrow, let's bring in our special correspondent, Andrew Rogers. And Andrew, you have been profiling our standout athletes of the week throughout the course of this season, even though this is our first on-air show. Uh, But you've got this week's standout athlete of the week, and uh, like I said, sometimes timing is pretty good. Yeah, the timing's perfect for uh, this week's standout athlete of the week. He's going to play in the state championship, if you guys have talked about it. And Skylar Davidson's an incredible athlete, and what she's gone through in her journey through high school, it was pretty incredible for me to learn about that. And she's someone who, uh, you know, we, we talked about Tug Valley, and, you know, some of their players didn't necessarily show up in the stat sheet what they do. On the opposite side, Skylar Davidson is a stat sheet stuffer. I think that's an understatement. <laughs> in two games of the state tournament, 36 points, 21 assists, 17 steals. And she plays just about every minute on the floor, no matter the score. She's incredible. She does everything for that team. So we've got a little bit more now with our standout athlete of the week, Skylar Davidson of Wyoming East. Physical strength will get one to the starting line. However, it is mental strength that will get one across the finish line. Having a strong mentality makes Skylar Davidson this week's standout athlete of the week. The journey to her current success on the basketball floor hasn't been easy for Wyoming East point guard Skylar Davidson. Her freshman year, she suffered a knee injury, causing her to do rehab most of the year. It was tough. I really tried to find the positive in it. I knew that that God had a plan for me, and I just had to trust in that process. That wouldn't be the only testing of her mental outlook she would experience while in high school. She lost both of her grandfathers, one prior to the state championship game during her sophomore year, and the other just before her senior night. Her father, Ryan, says her daughter has faced adversity better than many would. I think with all the things that she's been through, just being mentally strong, knowing that things are quite often not going to go your way. And when they don't, who are you going to be when things don't go the way you think they're going to? Davidson says this anguish was emotionally challenging on her. It was different not seeing them in the stands. They weren't there when the game was over, and that was tough. They always called me after my games to tell me how well I played. It's just different. 
Not having her grandfathers in the stands serves as additional motivation for Davidson during her senior season. It was really tough. They were like my biggest fans, so if I were to stop or start getting down up on myself over I feel like they would be mad at me. So I kind of just kept playing for them and myself. Davidson is continuing her fabulous final year of high school basketball where she is averaging 16 points per game for one of the best teams in Class AA. Her head coach, Angie Bonzini, says it's her leadership role that contributes to being a complete player. Fundamentally, she's so strong, but I think her leadership on and off the court is blossoming as she's gotten older. You know, we have such a young team. Our top six out of ten are freshmen and sophomores. And her and Sarah are other singers, you know, kind of taking them in their wing and uh, cheer them up when they've done something bad and then build them up when they do something good. So uh, I think that leadership role on and off is so vital to a team's We're kind of like a little family on and off the court. Her father says she has been mentally tough through all of these difficult situations. It's easy when stuff's going your way. Who are you going to be when things go bad? And and I think that she's shown numerous times that she's still going to be the same person. The senior point guard understands fully that life comes with many obstacles. I've just learned that the game can end at any time, and I'm going to play every game like it's my last. Last year, it ended from a pandemic. It's ended from injuries, and you never know what life's going to bring you. Davidson hopes her mental strength will get her team over the finish line tomorrow afternoon when her Warriors team plans to cut down the nets at the Charleston Coliseum and Convention Center. For Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, I'm Special Correspondent Andrew Rogers. Thank you so much, Andrew, and back here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Let's go to the phones and our standout athlete of the week, Skylar Davidson, senior point guard of the Wyoming East Warriors. She's had perhaps the best state tournament of anyone to this point. Skylar, first off, congratulations on being our standout athlete of the week. Thank you so much. I totally forgot this intro, too, so I apologize for that, guys. But uh, we're, we're a little rusty. We're a little rusty. Just hang with us here. But... Uh, okay, uh, Skylar, first off, you get back to the state tournament this year. Uh, things are obviously a little bit different, but I know your road to the state tournament, your journey has been you know, one that's uh, been a challenge. You were injured your freshman year, didn't get to play. Uh, sophomore year, you reached the state championship game. And then last year, cut short by the, the pandemic. This year, though, you're finally getting to play all the way through, getting to play. What, is this what you envisioned it would be like in high school? I definitely didn't envision my first year to end like that, especially my freshman year. I definitely didn't think I'd be one to be injured with such a bad injury. Um, But to be in the state championship game as a senior is a big deal, and I think that we're ready for that. Skyler, your coach talked about how outside of you, it's pretty much a young team. Tell me about morphing from being on a team of upperclassmen that had Kara Sandy, Emily Saunders had uh, Gabby Lapartis. Now you're the leader. Um, having to take over the leadership role has been a little different. Obviously, as a point guard, it's kind of something you have to be even when you're the young one. But this year, I actually have to pick the girls up on and off the court. When things go wrong within the team, I have to fix it. And that's a big deal, I feel like. And I think the biggest um, thing I'm looking forward to next year is to see who will step up and take that spot.
Skyler, talk about, of course, you've, your state tournament games, you've been on fire uh, statistically. And you know, we, off the air, we kind of talked, we're kind of comparing you, at least your tournament this week, with uh, a guy who just uh, finished his career at Marshall and Jared West. And, uh, I mean, you, 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 hardly, you hardly ever leave the court. Uh, you're, you're the assist person, you're the steal person, and, and obviously you're, you're putting the points in. And, uh, you know, you, you, obviously you have a complete game, and I, you, your hard work's paying off right now. Um, it's kind of just like I was saying in the interview before. Uh, I have to play every game like it's my last. At the state tournament, you know, if you mess up, then it's over for you. And for me and Sarah, it's our last year, and we're going to play every minute as hard as we can. Well, let's just let's let's break down these stats real fast for the people. We've kind of been bragging about them, but we haven't given them exactly here. In the opening, in the quarterfinal <laughs> game against Mingo Central, uh, Skylar Davidson, nineteen points. Seven assists, ten steals, five rebounds. So a double-double on points and steals, three assists shy of a triple-double. Then in the semifinal round against Petersburg this morning, Skylar Davidson with 17 points, 14 assists, and seven steals. So three steals shy of a triple-double. It's really been impressive what you've been able to do. Uh, that, a lot of that tells me, too, your anticipation, your ability to anticipate is probably one of your biggest strengths as well as your court vision. How do you have that with a, a group of girls that are, where they're younger, you haven't necessarily played together a whole lot before this year? Um, I really just have to pick and choose my spots. Uh, at the beginning of the game this morning, I was really feeling it. I was scoring a lot, and then I got a little cold in the second half, but then I started really looking for everybody else and Abby Russell was stepping into shots Madison Clark was and we were really starting to hit uh, jump shots outside and we were running the floor well and our defense really picked up Skylar Davidson of the Wyoming East Warriors. They will be in action tomorrow at 2.30 against Parkersburg Catholic in the AA State Championship game. Skylar, that's a brand new opponent for you guys. Yes, it's a little different this year. Yeah, yeah and just tell me about what, what you've been able to see from the Crusaderettes. We haven't really seen much from them. We know they're a fast team. They play a lot like us, so I think it's going to be a really good game. Skylar Davidson of Wyoming East. She will be playing next year at Glenville State. Mm -hmm. So uh, she will be a pioneer one year from now. Skylar Davidson, thanks so much for joining us. Once again, congratulations on being our standout athlete of the week, and best of luck tomorrow. Thank you so much. All right. Once again, Skylar Davidson of Wyoming East High School. And speaking of the Warriors, we can go right back. Two, our good friends in Wyoming County who, by the way, when we put somebody from Wyoming East on this show, our numbers, we follow the analytics, our numbers blow it, up. It trends big. It, it does. It's a big deal. And uh, Coach Angie Bonzini is with us now. And uh, Coach, uh, I mean, I don't want to be repetitive exactly with what we just talked about with Skyler, but you've got one heck of a point guard that kind of uh, leads uh, your ball club. First of all, it's great that you guys are back on. We've missed you this season. <laughs> we've, we've missed being we missed, here, too. We missed us, too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's great. You know, I can't say enough great things about Skyler. You know, I kind of said that in the uh, piece. You know, leadership on and off the court has been crucial to our success, not only this year, but last year as well, because we didn't have any seniors last year. And she's just, you know, a special point guard, and we're really going to miss her next year. Deja Summers has scored in double figures in, in both of your tournament games so far, 12 points apiece. You're not a one-person show by any means. 
No, you know, we're very fortunate. In fact, Daisha got in major foul trouble early, so she had a really good game and limited time action. You know, we've been blessed. We, we go about eight to nine deep, and any of those kids can score for us. So we can, you know, Skyward does a good job of distributing among the people when somebody's hot. We were talking to Skyler and, uh, about the challenge of play, placing some folks that you don't usually see, Parkersburg Catholic. Uh, uh, it's going to be a good challenge for you tomorrow. Uh, you know, give your thoughts on them. Oh, absolutely. You know, we've followed them a little bit through single A, but we know they got a really good program. The guards are really good. And like Skyler said, you know, we play, they play a lot like us, and the coach does an excellent job for them. So it'll be a, it'll be a challenge for us tomorrow. A little bit of a slow start today. I know that some of your, some of your teams have had that. Some of them haven't. But uh, you know, down fifteen thirteen after one quarter, and, and that was the, the morning game. You guys always seem to play at nine thirty in the morning, right? <laughs> it, it, yes, and it's it's a tad bit early. We we did get off this slow start, and we started going a little a little better in the second quarter. And uh, Madison Cart came in and hit you know five crucial points for us in the second quarter, and got us going a little bit and our defense started picking up and we were fortunate enough to continue on into the second half with high intensity defense hey coach coach maroon here congratulations again you mentioned madison clark five for five from the field for you off the bench uh i'd also like to ask too uh, i know uh you've got 12 games and uh we were in a similar situation and in most years 12 games would almost be about mid-season it wouldn't be postseason into the state tournament uh what kind of things have you uh been able to do or or have you seen that uh, have been effective because you've really had to kind of put on warp speed so to speak uh, to get your team ready for tournament play after just 12 games you know, we really did. We only got eight games in the regular season. So coming into tournament play, we were off for like two weeks because of quarantine of other teams. So it, it's been different for us. Uh, I think, you know, in some ways it rests us a little bit. And we, our legs are really good coming into tournament time because we started picking up our defense a lot. And then, you know, execution can, can sometimes be affected when you don't play. So it's got, you know, good points and bad points there. But, yeah, we unfortunately only got about eight games in the season. But one great thing is we stayed healthy. 12.30 will be the opener of the uh, the ball game, the opening throw-in between number two Wyoming East, number one Parkersburg Catholic in the girls' class AA state championship game tomorrow. Coach Angie Bonsini of the Wyoming East Warriors, thanks so much for joining us, and best wishes. Thanks a bunch, and so glad to get to be back with you all tonight. Absolutely, enjoyed it. And I know we're still we're running tight on time, so we've got to step aside, take a break. When we come back, we'll get an update on that in-progress game between Cabell Midland and George Washington in the girls' 4A semifinals. We'll also set the table for the boys' state tournament. That schedule's already in the books and ready to go for next week. So we'll do that and much more. Halfway home, basketball Friday night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. If you love basketball, there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game or during the tournament games. It's right here, Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Streaming video from the studios at Marshall University. Visit BasketballNight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night scoreboard. You can watch our live, high-definition video stream by going to BasketballNight.com. All it takes is just one click to watch. You can listen online with any computer or mobile device by clicking the Listen Live tab. And, of course, we're on 
great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. Big shout out to Larry Mania, Dane Schrack, Gumble32, Media Row, Jacques Canada, Savon Fry, and we got a visitor in studio all the way from Michigan. Big Larry's here, and we want to thank him for giving us a visit. Marshall Sports Journalism graduates learn transferable skills that score competitive careers, and it's time for you to get in the game. Critical thinking, communication, and commitment to accuracy are desired skills in an expanding job market. Sports journalism and sports communications careers are some of the most coveted positions in the country. The Marshall University School of Journalism and Mass Communications is ready and eager to help you start your journey. You can learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. We're glad to be with you. First show of the season. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, and we welcome you back. teams check out basketballnight.com now back to basketball friday night in west virginia with bill cornwell coach rick marone and ryan epling basketball friday night in west virginia 10 36 quick update on the girls for a semi-final game in progress in charleston cattle midland has pulled away from george washington the knights lead 45 31 Looking very much like an all-Cabell County final tomorrow. Yeah, like Midland has outscored GW of the second half so far, 28-15. Calissa Lacey, of course, the big score for GW. She's only got 15. In, that's, she's got half their points. I mean, she had their first 12 yesterday. Yeah. And, she's getting yeah. hers, but she, actually she needed to get more tonight to have a chance to beat Cabell Midland, apparently. And that's a good matchup. Those teams are very familiar with each other. Let's yeah. quickly go through the seeds of the boys' tournament. and We're, we're just going to rattle these off really fast uh, because we just don't have a lot of time. But uh, Class Single A, the matchups, Tuesday at 9.30. Opener will be number three, Pendleton County, and number six, Greenbrier West. We will hear more about Pendleton County in a moment. The 1 p.m. game Tuesday will be number two, Tug Valley, and number seven, Cameron. How about that? The girls play for the title tomorrow. The boys, the boys. play in the uh, re, uh, state tournament quarterfinals on Tuesday. They're getting very familiar with one another. Uh, then on uh, game three, number one man who was the sectional runner-up will take on number eight, Tucker County. And that will be at 5.30 Tuesday. Then Tuesday at 9 p.m., number four, Webster County. Number five, Clay Battelle. That's the 9 o'clock game. Class AA, Tuesday, 11.15. It will be number four, Clay County, and number five, Chapmanville Regional. The Tigers make it back. A much different looking ball club than what has been there recently, but still strong enough to get back. Number one, Williamstown takes on number eight, Moorefield. That will be the 7-15 game Tuesday night. Wednesday, 11-15 a.m., number three, Charleston Catholic, and number six, Ritchie County. We'll hear more about Ritchie County in a moment as well. And then 7-15 Wednesday night, number two, Polka, number seven, Bluefield in Class AA. That seems like they've played a few times over the yes. years. Yeah, that, that's, that's a familiar matchup. Class AAA, Wednesday, 9.30 a.m., number three, Shady Spring, number six, Herbert Hoover. 
Then at 1 o'clock, number 2, Fairmont Senior. Number 7, Winfield will do battle. Wednesday at 5.30, it will be number 1, Robert C. Bird. And number 8, Hampshire, the Trojans boys basketball team, there for the first time. And then game four of the quarterfinals in Class AAA, Wednesday, 9 o'clock, Nitro will take on number five, Wheeling Central. That should be an outstanding yeah. ball game. Then in Class 4A, Thursday, 9.30, number three, Martinsburg against number six, Cabell Midland. Thursday at 1 o'clock, number two, George Washington against number seven, Jefferson. Thursday at 5.30, number one, Morgantown, number eight, Woodrow Wilson. Thursday at 9 p.m., Number four, Huntington. Number five, University. Seven of the eight girls programs that made it in 4A made it in the boys, the boys tournament, tournament as well. Yeah, exactly. And, and you got some, you know, in that 4A, I'm really familiar with a lot of these teams. And Morgantown's one of those teams that kind of, for a lot of people around the state, just came out of nowhere. But they are legit. Watch out for the Mohegans. And university's really good. They, they are. are. Really, uh, really, really going to be an interesting week ahead. Uh, we've got the phone lines are backing up, so we're going to do our best to get through these. Please hang with us, Coach Rick Hott uh, of, of Ritchie County, as well as uh, Coach Ryan Lambert of Pelham County. We will get to you in just a moment. First, let's go to our good buddy down in the way of Region 3. He covers it like nobody else. I think it's still Region 3 after all the realignments and adjustments. <laughs> Dave Morrison, Super Dave Sports, joins us here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And Dave, we're still trying to figure out all the... Uh, the new uh, alignments, exactly. I know we're almost fully one season in, but with it being a COVID year, it's been an interesting year. But, but bigger than all that, it is very nice to talk to you here. Dave Morrison on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Yeah, I forgot about my music. That's some good stuff right there. <laughs> I, I forgot about it, too. And I, I, I'm over two on the musical. Well, it's been 15 so months. We've all forgot about the music. We don't know what we're doing out here, but I know that's not true. Actually, I think we're just kind of like riding a bike. Dave, it's still Region 3 mostly in your area, right? It, it is Region 3, but it's a whole lot different. Uh, I've been thinking about that over the course of the season. You you have a lot of new matchups. you got a lot more teams that are uh, making one because there are more slots available. So I think we probably set some type of record for teams making it for the first time in school history. But here in Region 3, uh, some things remain the same. You had Angie Bonzini and uh, Sky Davidson on earlier. You know, they're back in the state tournament. You've got Shady Spring. Probably would have been there last year uh, if COVID hadn't struck. They're in it now, uh, first time since 94. But Bluefield, you mentioned them, they're back in it. Woodrow Wilson, um, after a short hiatus, they're back in the state tournament. So the more things change, kind of they remain the same. It seems to be the same teams. But it's an, it's an interesting concept. I kind of miss the old Region 3, though, especially in that A region. Yeah, you're, you're talking about having uh, yeah, Shade Spring, Wyoming East, Bluefield all in there together. And things a little bit different now. But I, what is, what's impressed me is that with everything that everyone's been through, the quality of play has still been, you know, level play's been pretty good. Oh, yeah, we've seen some uh, really great performances. Um, I know here we, um, talk, we talk a lot about the double-A region. Um, you look at the four teams, quality of team play. In single-A, you had Greater Beckley, James Monroe, two very, very good teams. Right to the top team won't be there because they had to go against Greenbrier West and Webster County, who will be there. So there are four teams in this region. Uh, I know that over on in Region 4, Man and Tug Valley, obviously, 
very good, but I think top to bottom you might consider single A uh, region three, maybe the, the toughest region from top to bottom in the state. And both those um, games went to overtime, both the region finals. So kind of tells you something right there. Highly, highly competitive basketball, and that's what we love. And um, you know, they've usually we get to talk to you week to week, but since you know just the way things have gone this year. We're kind of catching you at the tail end of the basketball season. Any performances, any games, anything stick out to you from that part of the uh, area down in, uh, again, the Coldfield areas of West Virginia? Um, I think probably the James Monroe Greenbrier West uh, game, just the end where they hit a three-pointer, the Greenbrier West descending into overtime. They eventually won. was was a great game, not without some controversy, but uh, Room by West will advance to the state tournament, and uh, a very very good team, as I mentioned before. Caden Pack is a great player. I, I kind of look at the players that we've got here, uh, maybe more so than Gaines Braden and Cole Chapman from Shady Spring. Very good players. I think Ben Gillum from Woodrow Wilson is now a 700.700 rebound guy, and, and you guys know Woodrow Wilson and the story's history. He is one of two people to do that at the school, which is uh, really impressive considering the players that have gone through there. So it, it's more, and you were talking about the individual performance. I've seen a lot of really good performances that kind of stick out more than the, the games. I know that uh, Shady Spring in the opener beat Woodrow again only second time in school history. First time was last year. So the COVID, uh, you know, it stalled the season. It certainly didn't uh, end it or dampen it. And I just hate that it's kind of flowing over into spring sports and it seemed like spring sports kind of got the, the shaft two years in a row, if you know what I mean. Yeah, Dave Morrison, SuperDaveSports.com. We always love to, to talk with you. We, we've got a lot still to get in, so we'll have to cut this one a little bit short. We'll have more time next week. Yeah. Hey, guys, I'm really glad that you guys are back and we're short of admission. Well, we've missed talking with uh, with you guys as well, all of you out there, all of our uh, our audience and the people who join us uh, regularly on the program. We, we certainly miss just getting to chat with you guys. Thankfully, with social media, we've been able to kind of keep up with each other. But uh, it's been, you know, wow. It's been, it's, it's been kind of an isolated year for a lot of people. And uh, starting to crawl out of that. We're going to step aside and take a break. When we come back, Coach Rick Hott of the Ritchie County Boys Basketball Team as they get ready for the Class Single-A State Tournament. Coach Ryan Lambert of Pendleton County as they get ready for the State Tournament on the boys' side as well. All that and much more when Basketball Friday Night. Ritchie County's double-A, by the way. I knew that. I said it wrong. When we come back on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. And we want to thank you for joining us tonight. We've missed all of you guys and gals. Join us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. You can send us a text, email, send us a tweet. Let us know what's been happening with all of your teams. And for those of you that have been doing it all season long so we can stay in touch, we really, really appreciate you. 
Does showing up for work at a ballpark or an arena sound good to you? A Marshall University sports journalism degree can get you there. Sports journalism at Marshall is serious and it is big business. Sports media and communications careers are some of the most competitive and marketable. We'll prepare you to think critically, report accurately and artfully, tell the stories on and off the field or court. If this sounds like you, the Marshall School of Journalism is ready and eager to start your journey. Learn more at marshall.edu slash S-O-J-M-C. Big thank you to our affiliates out there, too, including 91.5 FM WRSG in Middleburn, 102.3 FM WMTD Hinton, 740 AM, 106.5 FM WRNR in Martinsburg, 1360 AM, 97.1 FM WH. JC, Matewan, Williamson, Belfry, and 1600 AM, 98.1 FM, WKKX in Wheeling. They're all part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. We appreciate all the stations, and we appreciate you being part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. school basketball around the mountain state you're listening to basketball friday night in west virginia on the fast break sports network now back to your hosts bill cornwell coach rick marone and ryan epling 10:47 on this basketball friday night in west virginia and i'm gonna surprise the guys in the back and upstairs with this we have all the final scores from today we do all six of them there we go as a final score in the girls' class 4A semifinals, Cabell Midland defeats George Washington 49-35. So it will be Huntington and Cabell Midland for the girls' 4A first-ever state championship tomorrow night. Now the boys' state tournament gets underway Tuesday in the Charleston Coliseum and Convention Center with Class A and a couple of the Class AA quarterfinals as well. And uh, looking forward to this again because it's we're getting used to it. This is our first year with this new format, so uh, four classifications is something everybody's dealing with. Someone who is there that maybe surprised some t- people is Ritchie County, the Rebels, in the Class AA tournament as the number six seed. They will take on Charleston Catholic Wednesday morning at 11.15. Rick Hott is the head coach of the Rebels. He joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And Coach... I know you're excited to go to Charleston next week. Oh, yeah, man. And, and uh, excited as I am, I'm not nearly as excited as uh, our team. <laughs> hey, and let, let's talk about your team here real quick. 11-6 and six, uh, on the season. And, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here, but started the year 0-3. And what's, what's been the difference from that point on? Well, I just think our time together, you know, uh, we, we're in a situation where it seems all winter since November uh, with the COVID situation. We weren't together, and we didn't, we couldn't do a lot of things together. And I think it just took us some time to kind of gel. Uh, played some pretty good teams early. You know, we played Williamstown early, uh, played Ravenswood early, and um, just a great group of kids that that um, gets along very well and kind of there for each other and they just play pretty well together and 
And you're right, in the last six, eight games of the season, we've started playing pretty solid ball. A buzzer beater to beat St. Mary's in the sectional championship game and to earn a home regional game, which you won against Work County. Just kind of take me through the, the whirlwind week and a half or so that you've had. Yeah, you know, uh, we was a three-seed in our section, traveled to, to Magnolia and played really well that night and, and secured that win. And, and um, you know, St. Mary's is just 20 minutes from us, and so we play each other twice, and um, our kids know each other, and um, it, was, it was a tight game throughout. And we'd lost a couple close games this year, like buzzer, buzzer beater type things, where we had an opportunity to, to win the game and we just couldn't hit the shot. And uh, whether that prepared us for the St. Mary's sectional final, I don't know. But uh, Grade McKinney, um, just kind of, just as a senior, he's our leader. Ball was in his hands and just made a nice shot at the buzzer. Well, tell me a little bit about how how things are with you know you're dealing with COVID, so that obviously changes the dynamic of you know how many fans show up, what time of year we're playing, even. And uh, but has that has that dampened any of the enthusiasm in Ellenboro this year? You know, uh, I I think um, since we've been limited with fans all year, I think athletic wise, kids are used to that. Um, they are starting to let more fans in, and I thought of our regional final. Of course, it's the first regional final game we had. We had a you know a nice crowd, not a huge crowd, but enough students to where it, it almost felt like what basketball used to, you know, with the fan support and the and students were great. Um, but but other than that, you know, I think kids are just glad to get to play, and um, kids are pretty, I guess, resilient on just kind of rolling with the punches. I, I, the biggest issue, I, I think, is you, you really, you're not sure, you're not sure whether you're going to, who's going to get a play. I mean, we were down um, last night in our regional final game. Uh, we we're down one player because of contact tracing. Uh, didn't have it, just happened to be in a classroom. And so, you know, we're back to our kids are remote just so they don't get caught up in something like that going into next week. And so that's the difficulty in, in, in just kind of preparing for what you, you could get caught up in. And, and Coach Rick Hunt of Ritchie County, your ball club getting ready to take on Charleston Catholic in the state tournament. Uh, what do you know about the Irish at this point? And, uh, you know, what, 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 do you, what do you see with that matchup? Uh, I haven't got into it too too deep yet. We've got a couple common opponents uh, give us a better idea, but but we know you know they got a really nice player, you know, with some size. Um, that's that's going to be a, a matchup problem for us. And you know, uh, they score points. I know they're going to pressure. Um, so we've got a lot to prepare for between now and and Wednesday morning. Well, the Ritchie County Rebels will take the floor in Charleston Wednesday morning at 11.15 as they take on Charleston Catholic in the Class AA State Tournament. Coach Rick Hott, thank you so much for joining us, and best wishes to you and the Rebels. Thanks a lot, guys. All right. Always love it when uh, you know a team that starts out a little bit slow catches fire at the right time and can continue it into 
and through the postseason. Yeah, I think it's going to be exciting to see. When you look at that half of that bracket, I tell you what, you talk about the blue bloods of co- high school. I was going to say college, <laughs> but when you think about Polka, Bluefield, yeah. Charleston Catholic, and then Richie, the Richie Rebels, going to get a chance to leave their mark here in the state tournament. Uh, yes, a six seed, but you talk about tradition, and, uh, and, and, and Bill, that's a, that's a group that's going to step right into the middle of it. Uh, really, you look at you're right about talking about blue bloods, but and one thing I was going to you know talk about Richie County. One good thing you know the 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 four classification things really hasn't made a difference to them. You look who they play; they're pretty much playing this year who they always play. Right. Yeah, that was basically their single A route right. went to before the this year. Right. Yes, so yeah, definitely uh, something that they've been done, been able to do and succeed with, and looking to leave their mark. You know who's left their mark is Pendleton County. Didn't get to finish the job a year ago, but they're back in Charleston, undefeated again this year. Ryan Lambert is the head coach of the Wildcats. He joins us now here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Coach, hopefully, hopefully, you can get it on the floor and see what happens next week with an undefeated team. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, yeah, we're, we're just happy to be playing basketball. I think I think any year you would take any seed, and this year you're just happy to get on the floor. Period. I totally uh, understand that, but I'm still kind of surprised that. I mean, you look at the top of class single A. My goodness, Man, Tug Valley, Pendleton County. I mean, you're undefeated in the three seed, and I think all three of you are very, very good. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, we 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 haven't we haven't really focused on on the city as much as just we're we're excited to be in the spot we're in. We're we're thrilled to be in Charleston. That that's been been the goal from the start of last year, and then moving from last year uh, to this year uh, is, is just to put ourselves in the spot uh, to get to Charleston uh, to 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 then go down there and, and have a chance and make some noise, and I think we we've done just that. And and and, and a lot of formidable opponents there at the top of Class A for sure. And I think you've drawn a very difficult one as well in Greenbrier West. The record may not be indicative of how good that basketball team is, but uh, going through the off season, through all the uncertainty, how were you able to keep your team together and playing at such a high level? You know, I, I want to brag on my kids. I have I have great kids, number one, but the, I talked last year about how cerebral they are, what a smart group I have. And, and I told them if there, if there is, ever had a group uh, that, that, could, that could pull this off and go from one year with disappointment to the next year and such a long layoff, not being able to get into the gym, uh, not being able to do workouts as normal, not being able to get to summer camps, uh, it would be this group, uh, and, and I've been so proud of them this year that they, it, it's it's been next game up, most important one of the year. Uh, it's not about any streaks. It's not, not about any gimmicks. It's just about playing basketball the, the right way, playing our brand, and uh, bringing it every single night, and, uh, and, I, and they've done that, and I couldn't ask for more. To that point, you definitely have. Uh, closest game was an eight-point win over Kaiser. Uh, earlier this year and uh, really just a ball club that has been consistent and Coach Ryan Lambert of the Pendleton County Wildcats boys basketball team. Thank you so much for joining us and we wish you the best of luck in the state tournament. Your play kicks off the uh, the biscuit and gravy special Tuesday morning at 930 with (laughs) Greenbrier West. Okay, thanks for having me, guys. All right. Once again, that is Coach Ryan Lambert of Pendleton County's boys basketball team. We've got to step aside and take a break. 
When we come back, hour three of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, we'll set the girls' championship games and the boys' state tournament. One hour to go. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. High School Basketball's Voice in the Mountain State. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Big thank you to all of our affiliates throughout the Mountain State carrying Basketball Friday Night throughout all the seasons and this season too, even though we only have two episodes. Big thank you to Marshall University's flagship station where we're streaming video live from also. 88.1 FM WMUL in Huntington. 9.50 AM WBES Charleston. 90.7 FM WFGH Fort Gay. 98.5 FM, 101.5 FM WQAZ Edmund Beckley. 101.7 FM WYAP LP in Clay. 1290 AM, 101.9 FM WVOW Logan. 104.5 FM WASP in Huntington. 93.9 FM WRRR St. Mary's. 106.7 FM WHFI Linside. 92.5 FM WTHM LP Ravenswood Ripley. 103.7 FM WQWV in Fisher. 92.3 FM WYRC in Spencer. 101.1 FM WVWPLP Wayne. 1370 AM. 97.7 FM WVLY in Moundsville. 1600 AM. 98.1 FM WKKX in Wheeling. 1360 AM, 97.1 FM, WHJC, Matewan, Williamson, Belfry. 740 AM, 106.5 FM, WRNR, Martinsburg. 102.3 FM, WMTD, in Hinton. And 91.5 FM, WRSG, in Middleburn. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup for all the scores all the time. And visit BasketballNight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standards for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now. Hour three of basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Coach Rick Marone, Bill Cornwell with you. Our resident referee, Bo Anderson, has been on hold the entire two hours of the program. He's in studio. We'll hear from him a little bit later on as well. We've got a lot left to cram into this final hour when if you listen to this show regularly during basketball season, you know we, we move pretty fast sometimes. And, uh, I mean, we, we appreciate the patience of, of our, our callers and our guests, the people who join us on this program, because sometimes we have to, a lot to get in, and it's a jam-packed show, and uh, we love it. We love it when it's paced that way, but sometimes people have to wait on us, and, you know, I, and I understand that can be frustrating, but I'm, I'm grateful for all those who do. 
How yeah. long were you on hold there? One, you, we put you on hold forever. Yeah, and I was like three states away. I was on right. the road on hold. That's even worse. Bo can vouch for that. But uh, it's nice to know I'm treated just like the, the best of guests. But uh, it's great to be back around. I think all of our guests uh, have uh, voiced that, and I think we all feel the same way. Great to be back. We've got 14 months of uh, pent-up emotion and <laughs> pent-up material. Uh, you know, no wonder we're getting a lot of stuff and we're moving fast because we're making up for lost time tonight. I mean, we haven't even got to talk at this point about how many great ball games there were in the Logan Fieldhouse alone this year. <laughs> I think there were like four buzzer beaters there, including uh, Tug Valley beating Man in the sectional. You had Logan hit a three to beat Scott, hit a three to beat, uh, shoot, I, I forgot who it was. Well, Lincoln ben, County, ben right? Winfield hit and one Winfield against hit one them. Against <laughs> them and like, you know, uh, Joe Limbo, our good buddy, had like three buzzer beating calls and <laughs> yeah. Chris Kidd had like three buzzer beating calls. And of course, that's one of the great you know, venues we love. Yep. We love to talk about Willie, Willie Acres Arena. You know, and, and you think about, you know, some of the events that we always like to talk about on the show we didn't get to have this year, like the Hatfield McCoy shootout down at the Williamson Fieldhouse. And uh, hopefully, uh, uh, our good friends down there are planning that for this year. I, I know that that's probably uh, in the planning stages. Uh, hopefully, we'll be back to normal in that because that's a great tournament. Well, let's get another check of your BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Looking for scores? Look no more. Go to BasketballNight.com. All of these are girls' semifinal games, and all of them are complete. We'll start with the games from today in Class AA. Number two, Wyoming East defeats Petersburg 75-44. It was number one, Parkersburg Catholic, a 69-42 winner over Williamstown. So tomorrow in the Girls Class AA Championship game, it will be Wyoming East and Parkersburg Catholic at 12.30. In Class AAA semifinals, Fairmont Senior defeats Logan 52-33. Nitro picks up a 79-63 win over North Marion. And I think that was a bit of a surprise yeah. uh, in that one. Nitro, though, is very good. I watched that ball club a couple times this year. So it will be Nitro and Fairmont Senior in the girls' class AAA state championship game tomorrow at 5.30. Single-A semifinals were last over yesterday. One was yesterday morning, one was last night. Number one, Tug Valley defeated Tucker County 49-31. And number two, Cameron defeated number three, Calhoun County 44-28. So it will be number one, Tug Valley, number two, Cameron, meeting in the early morning game 10 o'clock tomorrow in Charleston for the Class A state championship. Somebody will win their first title. And in Class 4A this evening, Huntington defeats Morgantown 55-40 and a game that just went final. Cabell Midland defeats George Washington 49-35. So it will be Huntington and Cabell Midland in the girls' Class 4A state championship game tomorrow night at 8 o'clock. That's check your basketballnight.com scoreboard. That game just went final within the past 20 minutes or so. Let's go back live courtside at the Charleston Coliseum and Convention Center. He should be able to hear us with no problems now. Jordan Mouse is with us. And uh, Jordan, uh, Cabell Midland defensively just suffocated George Washington. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I was looking over the statistics for that game, and uh, the remarkable stat that really jumps out to me is uh, that, yeah, even though Cabell Midland walked away with the victory in this one, um, the second quarter, it was all George Washington. Um, the uh, uh, 
Lady Patriots of George Washington held the Lady Knights of Cabell Midland to 8% shooting from the field there in the uh, second quarter of that game. But uh, the, the difference maker, obviously, in the game was the third quarter when Cabell Midland outscored uh, uh, George Washington uh, by 15 to 5 there in the third quarter. Great contribution. Uh, we had uh, a great, co- great contribution there by the uh, Lady Knights, uh, Jasmine Wheeler. She finished with uh, 10 total rebounds, 11 points for the double double as she led the squad this evening. Capital Midland does advance to the championship game against the Lady Highlanders, and the, uh, the inaugural Class 4A championship trophy will be going back to Cabell County one way or the other uh, tomorrow after the conclusion of that game. Yeah, it's just going to be a difference of 12 miles on I 64 as to which school it goes to. Uh, so we can play that game around the Marriage Creek extra by 64. That's kind of in between. <laughs> and Jordan, uh, just. T- Tell me a little bit about from what you've been able to see up there. Uh, I know you're going to work to get Coach Atkins of, uh, of Cabell Midland here in just a moment, but this is a Cabell Midland girls basketball team that lost to Huntington in the sectional final by 13 last week. And uh, here they are, though, making it to the championship game. And a uh, very good game, very good team. And But atmosphere-wise, it was loud in there for that game, just from what we could hear. I know some of that's the reverberation in, in the arena, but... It's just good to hear a crowd at a basketball game. You know, you're 100% right. At the beginning of the season, uh, the crowds were smaller. The uh, uh, atmosphere was, I don't want to say non-existent, but it was a lot less than typical. Um, but i got to give a lot of props to a couple of schools here today. Uh, the, first game, uh, of the, uh, the first game of the evening that we saw, which was... Um, uh, Petersburg and uh, Wyoming, lost, East. Uh, Wyoming East. Wyoming East. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Wyoming East and Petersburg. I got to give the kids credit from uh, Petersburg High School. They got up. They had the first game of the day. It was a three and a half hour drive from where Petersburg High School is. Their student section was absolutely packed, and that was just awesome, to, awesome to see. They absolutely packed that student section. So i got to give those kids a lot of credit uh, for making that trip down here. Uh, no, Petersburg did fall in defeat of that one. But, uh, you know, the atmosphere, I mean, everybody just all season long, we've just been so happy to have basketball back in West Virginia after the heartbreaking end that we had last year. It's just been so great here. It's state tournament, every game this season, it's just been awesome to, to have basketball. And, and everybody's really you're thankful for, you know, you don't miss what you don't have until you, I mean, you, you don't miss anything until you realize you can't have it. And yep. that's the way it was last year. And now we get it back and we're just all thankful that basketball's back. Absolutely. And you, know, you talk about the things that you, you sort of take for granted. And we'll let you work on getting Coach Atkins now and we'll bring him back here. And guys, uh, Coach Bill, or not Coach, you're not Coach Bill Cornwell. Boy, that's <laughs> At least a, not yet. Not yet. Hold on, give <laughs> maybe, time. maybe when Marone retires. <laughs> keep keep <Hey>. watching. <laughs> hey, yeah, stay tuned on that one. Breaking it. No, play. But um, nonetheless, Bill, it, it's just, it's one of those things where we can't tell you enough how nice it is to see little pieces of normalcy return. Exactly. No, it, you know, Jordan put it really well there, and and I, I, my thought was that we, we had a shot to the heart because uh, it was uh, you know right when everything stopped was when we were getting right into that postseason that tournament deal. I mean it wasn't just the NCAA; it was the high school tournaments were going. 
shut down. I mean, and we just kind of sat there for month after month after month. That's why uh, this this time a year ago, everybody was excited about the NFL draft because, <laughs> hey, it was something sports. Well, it is so nice to have sports back. It was nice to get back into the gyms in February, March, and April. And, uh, you know... Our hearts are restored, and we understand that some of our affiliates may be joining us a little bit late tonight because we, you know, prior obligations of Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball, which we all love baseball. <laughs> it's just we've never been preempted by baseball before because the season always, our season always ended before then. And coach, it's just a, it's a different time. Uh, now I'm going to ask this. This will sound maybe a little bit out of left field, but uh, as a coach, it's something you had to deal with. Gymnasiums, wooden floors tend to be made for use in the colder temperatures. When it gets warmer, the floors can sweat, can be a little bit slick. The arenas can get hot because they're not necessarily made to have a lot of people in them when it's warm outside. Is that something you had to deal with on an administrative side at all this year or anything that you saw that was maybe a little different? I think that uh, you did have a little bit of that because of the humidity and the heat. But people that are old like me that remember we used to play during the fall uh, oh, we yeah. played in august i mean the first two years i coached you're one uh, of two left i'm, I'm one of the yeah the, the the dinosaurs i guess <laughs> so you know we used to have to do that pretty much most of our season was but i'll tell you two quick things it puts a personal spin i know how much we miss basketball i know the fans miss it as jordan said but it all boils down to the players mm-hmm. i'll tell you really quickly uh you know i had four girls that were on the volleyball team at our school they were getting ready for sectional tournament the map turned the wrong color they, they were seniors, didn't even get to play their sectional volleyball. They're on our basketball team. We had six seniors. Uh, we're getting ready to start season. They delayed the season, and we got the first weekend, and then they delayed it again. And I had to tell them on a Friday, the same ones that got shut down, I thought I had to go in. We were supposed to practice, and we'd already had four days in. We're shut down. I mean, there's tears being shed. There's, I mean, it's real emotion of how much they love the game. So then just hang on, hang on, hang on. First week of our season, we had four games scheduled, three at home. Uh, nothing of our own doing. Games got canceled with some teams out of Kentucky. One of them was our senior night. Mm-hmm. We were supposed to have senior night on Friday. It got canceled. So we had all the preparations, had family coming in for our girls, whatnot. So we played a game at Rose Hill, Kentucky on a Thursday night. I went in before after the game. I said, girls, I said, I got good news and bad news. I said, bad news is our opponent tomorrow has canceled. We have all the preparations for senior night. I said, you have two options. Basically, we can play a blue-white scrimmage. If it's legal or not, if it didn't, you didn't hear that. Practice. I said, we can do an <laughs> inter-squad. Yeah, we'll introduce everybody. We'll have our reception, COVID safe. I said, we can do that. I said, or there's a couple teams that are available, uh, one of which whose coach works at our school, Spring Valley High School, which Bill is Miller. a 4A school. Right. Very good team, not on our schedule. And I'm in a locker room with those girls. We'd only played one game at that point. And I said, you know, what do you, I'm going to leave it up to them. Never flinch. Said, Coach, we won't play. So we played Spring Valley on our senior night. So when we got beat, fast forward in Calhoun County in the regional finals, played hard, played great. A lot of tears shit because it's over. You know how that goes. But I told them the one thing I'll remember is when they had to make a choice to play or not to play, didn't matter who we played. I said, girls, you chose to play Spring Valley on your senior night. You don't have to say nothing else. So that's happened all around the state. They persevered. They wanted to play. They're getting to play. It's wonderful for us because we enjoy it. 
that's what it's all about. And uh, it was a great experience. It was different. Don't really want to go through it again. But, yeah, the gyms were different. It's warm. We're on the road at one place. I, I was really sweating. I thought, you know, I had a pullover on. Well, and then you, I'm thinking you, you, it's 75 you, degrees. I said, well, my assistant says, Coach, a little bit warm for the pullover tonight. <laughs> it's habit, though. Like, I, you, things don't go together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it's almost like the basketball versus went during a hockey game when they have to go out and repair the ice. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. But, but, Here's the thing. Uh, the, I think that we've all learned how to persevere. You mentioned mm-hmm. that word. That's a good word. And uh, in my mind, if we can, we can handle anything now after right. coaches, media people, players, administrators, we've had to deal with this for the last 14 months. Yeah. We can deal with anything. Right. Absolutely. And uh, it's something that in, in a time that we spent a you know a big part of the last year apart because of social distancing, and it's sort of brought us together at the same time. So, uh, you know, not gonna not gonna stand up on a uh, stump speech here or anything, <laughs> but we'll just uh, we'll just say you know it's time to keep going. And uh, really, it, it's been an interesting year for the schools within the SSAC, but it's also was a challenge for schools outside the SSAC. Grace Christian is one of those schools that has had a lot of success in Huntington, private school, non-SSAC member, and but they've they've been very good the past few years, and they've played a lot of SSAC they schools, do. and they haven't necessarily weren't able to play as many uh, just because the. Things didn't line up schedule-wise this year, but uh, assistant coach Eric Hutchinson joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And, Coach, I think uh, basically everyone can agree, thank goodness we've got a bunch of games in this year. Absolutely. We were uh, just felt really blessed to uh, to have any any type of season whatsoever. You know, we had a pretty special senior class, and, uh, you know, there was a lot of concern there on their end, and uh, as ours as coaches is, you know, were we even going to be able to see these kids play one last time? So uh, definitely blessed and definitely thankful that we were able to get in um, what, you know, wasn't definitely a normal season for us. I think last year we got in like uh, uh, somewhere around 27 games. This year we, were, we got in 11. But, uh, you know, we were able to see those seniors off uh, with some success and, uh, and, and give them one last ride. Eric, uh, not being an SACC a, a, a affiliate, but were you guys still tied to the same rules as far as when you got the season started and got things rolling? Well, actually, uh, our administration, our athletic directors uh, got our heads together, um, you know, uh, and, and developed a plan to restart. And we decided just uh, for safety's sake that we would follow the exact same guidelines as the uh, SSAC schools did. So we, we, we adhered to the same uh, the same rules. We adhered to the same start time, the same practice schedule and everything just to kind of give ourselves some coverage and uh, also to just make sure we were doing things the right way. Well, that, that ball club, I mean, in, in, the, in this year of COVID, I think it, you know, it doesn't, it's not that it matters how good they were, but they were also really good and really successful. A third straight uh, West Virginia Christian Association tournament uh, championship. Yeah, we were we were really blessed, and and you know going into this year, knowing that we were dealing with COVID, and that we were you know we had to rework our schedule like three or four times. Um, you know, we had one goal, Coach Wells uh, and Coach Albright, and myself. We kind of talked in the preseason and said, "Listen, you know, we we've got two goals actually for this year. Number one, it's let's just have some fun. Uh, you know, let's let's make sure that this season is fun for the girls." 
no pressure. You know, we didn't talk, we didn't look at our schedule and say, okay, we got St. Joe coming up. You know, this is a must-win game. We got to compete. We said, let's just have fun. And then the second goal was let's win that third straight WBCAT title. And uh, the girls were all, you know, all on board with that. And uh, like I said, you know, just a special senior class. They wanted that uh, that three peat. Uh, really bad, and of course, you know, um, you got players like Samantha Wells and Emily Hutchinson who will be going on to play college ball both next season. But you know, we had two other seniors that really chipped in and uh, really contributed this year. Mackenzie Pyle, she you know would drop about six to eight points a game for us, and then Christine Wagner, who's one of the best on-ball defenders we've we've ever had the privilege of coaching. She she takes pride in her defense, and she's not going to let anybody outwork her. So you know, we just had a great group of seniors, great group of girls. Yeah, Eric, you, you you just mentioned the names and, and what what great uh, numbers over the last uh, three years, and uh, that's going to put a little pressure on those underclassmen who are going to come back. Uh, the standards are pretty high with the soldiers, that's for sure. It absolutely does, and you know we talked. Um, Coach Wells couldn't make our last practice for the seniors, and, and I got to run that. And uh, you know we all the seniors kind of stood up and, and talked to the underclassmen about what it meant to put on that jersey. And also, you know, told them, hey, this is what we expect, you know. And, uh, you know, one, one of the girls even said, hey, listen, we're going to put a third enter up there next week. They were that confident. They said, you know, when we come back, uh, we plan on seeing more hang up that you've won. So uh, the, the culture of winning is there. Um, and, you know, we're going to be awful young next year, but we're really excited about the group we have coming back as well because the group of eighth graders that we've got coming up, that group actually went out and won the middle school uh, WBCAT this year as well after – Gosh, I think they've played for the championship two out of the last four years, so they know what it takes to win, too. Coach Eric Hutchinson of the Grace Christian Lady Soldiers, thanks so much for joining us. Good to talk with you. And, uh, again, thanks, guys. You, you guys do a great job with that program for those kids, and not, not just the ones you named either. Some of the kids that uh, yep. don't necessarily see the four a whole lot still get a whole lot out of being a part of that program. So thanks for all you do. Well, guys, we, we appreciate you guys. You guys have all uh, been very good to us and been very good to some of the other Christian school uh, teams around the state, like Mercer Christian, Elk Valley Christian, Taze Valley, some of those teams. So we appreciate you guys helping us out more than you realize. Uh, well, we, we certainly uh, thank you for that. We're going to have to step aside right now take a break. When we come back, we'll talk with Cabell Midland Girls coach Matt Atkins. They just picked up a win uh, to get to the Class 4A state championship game where they'll get a familiar opponent. Much more basketball Friday night in West Virginia when we come back on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. love basketball then there's only one place to be on friday nights after the game and during the tournament it's basketball friday nights in west virginia marshall university sports journalism major offers students the opportunity to develop skills in the exciting areas of print public relations or broadcasting our curriculum features terrific skill-based courses and prioritizes hands-on experiences that not only expose the students' work to the public, but also to sports journalism professionals who are often willing to provide crucial feedback. Marshall sports journalism majors cover our 15 varsity teams in any media format, including text, online, photo, video, and radio. Hands-on real-life experiences come through Marshall student-powered media, the Parthenon, WMUL Radio, MUTV, as well as communications campaigns and off-campus internships. 
Marshall University School of Journalism and Mass Communications is ready and eager to help you start your sports journalism career. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. Thanks for being with us and joining us on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We'll be here next Friday night also. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. Shout out to some of our latest Twitter followers, including Savon Fry, Jock Canada, Amelia Rowe, Chumble32, Dana Schrock, and Larry Mania. They're all part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. Join us at Hoops underscore Roundup. This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. It's 11-21 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on this April 30th, 2021. On a night when the NFL draft is in its second day, Major League Baseball is into its third or fourth week now, and we're still having basketball in West in, Virginia. And NBA and NHL's nearing the end of the regular season. Yeah. I Kentucky mean, Derby's tomorrow. My goodness. <laughs> the calendar is so weird right now. <laughs> but uh, we are so happy to be here. We're going to talk with uh, Nitro Boys basketball coach Austin Lowe in a moment. We'll also talk with Mike Goddard, play-by-play voice of the Greenbrier West Cavaliers. But first, let's go back to the Charleston Coliseum and Convention Center where Cabell Midland head girls basketball coach Matt Atkins joins us now after his Lady Knights pick up a 49-35 victory over George Washington tonight in the 4A semifinals. Coach Atkins, first off, congratulations on the big win. Okay, we don't have him just yet. We'll be right back with him. We'll stay right here for the moment. Um, I think we'll, we'll, we can work that out. I think it's going to be a quick technical. But exactly. But yeah, you know, that's an interesting one. And maybe we'll have to ask him about playing a team for a fourth time in the season. They played them two times in the regular season. Played obviously in in the sectional final, and uh, going to face each other again. It's not like you're going to have to do a lot of scouting. <laughs> you know each other quite well. Right, and it's you know that's going to be a. A fun matchup, too, because, again, not just knowing each other from playing each other this year, but those kids grew up playing each other. That's and, how that works. Exactly. And, and, and you talk about Huntington's really athletic team getting up and down the court. Cabell Midland's hard-nosed team, good defensive team, good rebounding team. Things to watch for tomorrow in that 4A final. And I think we have Lady Knights head coach Matt Atkins now at the Charleston Coliseum and Convention Center joining us. Coach, are you with us now? I am. Can you hear me? Here we, we are. Gotcha. Yep. All our, right. our crack staff's fantastic. You know, they can figure anything out in like two seconds. It's incredible. Um, Coach, your ball. That's because ball- he's, he's from Tug Valley. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Cavill Midland picking up a 49 35 victory today. And uh, just tell me a little bit about the defensive effort against that George Washington ball club. This was our third time. I think um, the first two games were separated by four points combined. Um, you know, Lacey's player of the year for a reason. Uh, so, you know, we knew that we had to stop her. We had to make her put the ball on the floor. We couldn't let her set her feet. And I thought Jada Ollie did a really good job on her. But, you know, as far as team-wise, you know, the help, the hedges, the pinches, 
I thought overall on her, we did what we needed to do. I mean, she scored 17, but that's way below her average. Yeah. Mathis, Bill Cornwell, I, I was going to ask about that. Do, do you, uh, you're very familiar with Kalissa, obviously. Your team is. Do, do you almost say, well, she's going to get her points. Let's shut everybody else down. Is that how you do it? That's that's what we keyed on. You know, I know the Mallory girl hit some big threes. Um, you know, we told them, you know, what their, what their offense is. is they want to drive, and they want us to help. They want you to help, and they kick to their open shooters. And, you know, in that first half, and even in that second half, they kind of made that push in the fourth. Um, you know, we were up by 13 or 14, and then they got it down to 10. Um you know, she hit that big three. So, you know, we had to we had to fix that as well. But, yeah, you know, stop Lacey. Um, if somebody else beats you, you know, you never want to lose. You can live with that, but you can't let Kalissa beat you. Hey, Coach. Coach Marone here. Congratulations. Uh, what about that second quarter? Uh, how does it really tell you more about your ball club when uh, maybe offensively uh, you're not uh, clicking as much? You did uh, the other three quarters. But, boy, your defense, I thought, just all night long. And in the second quarter, to be able to have that championship defense to ride out a quarter, where it's a seven to three quarter, but when you're not scoring the ball to be able to get stops. Yeah, we burned the nets in that quarter. <laughs> you <know. laughs> but you know that, and that's the big thing, you know. And it's a, it's a buy-in incentive. You know, it don't matter what age you are. If you're a girl, you're a boy, you're an adult. You want to score. You know, it's fun to score those points. But the girls have bought into the defensive end. They realize that our defense leads to our offense. So you know, they bought in. And you're right. I mean, against a team like GW, you know, score three points. If you would have told me you would have went in the halftime with the lead, I'd probably laughed at you. Only scoring three, but they did. They came up big. Great basketball game, great team win. Something that struck me from earlier this week, you beat undefeated Jefferson in the opening round, and uh, their head coach, Damon Smith, said scouting you guys was very difficult because it was hard to pick one player to try to, uh, to try to stop. As that versatility with your ball club, that makes you a very difficult team to handle. You know, it really does. Um, you know, we've had we got, we've got girls that came off the bench that's give us some big minutes this year. I know in the um, MSAC championship, we got we went to a zone, we got down, we let Lacey set her feet. They got up by 16 on us. Um, you know, we came back, went to our man-to-man. But um, Sophie Aldridge, um, she's fresh, but she came in and hit three big threes, and that game brought us back into the ball game. So, you know, it's just on different nights, you know, um, some of some of ours that come off the bench, they may not score a ton, but they do the little things we need, you know, with the minutes they're in, um, you know, that, that contribute to the team win. I know it's going to be an exciting time for you and your ball club and for all of Cabell County um, basically tomorrow. You're talking about Cabell Middle and Huntington, the girls' state championship game. Kids that have played against each other in places such as the Ona Elementary Gym or, Ona, you know, in Ona and Milton and Barbersville, the Huntington YMCA. And now they're getting a big stage in Charleston. I know it's an exciting time for everybody. You know, and it really is, you know, you can't scout them. I mean, they know what we have. We know what they have. Um, you know, I've told somebody before, it's like two sisters going to get in a fight. You know, mom better be ready to lock everything up and just take care of it. But it'll be a fun atmosphere. I'm hoping that our communities come out and support both schools because it's not about the coaches. It's not about the fans. It's about the kids. And, you know, I'd like to see that support for both teams. Absolutely. Coach Matt Atkins of the Cabell Midland Lady Knights into the Class 4A state championship game. They will take on Huntington at 8 o'clock tomorrow night in Charleston. Coach, once again, congratulations. Thanks for joining us. And good luck getting a good night's sleep and good luck tomorrow. (laughs) Thank you, guys. All right, that's head coach Matt Atkins of Cabell Midland. Uh, right now, we're going to uh, let me see here because we're in a we're in a bit of a jam. We're in a bit of a crunch. 
So let's right now, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk to our resident referee, Bo Anderson. We'll talk with Austin Lowe, head coach of the Nitro Boys basketball team, Mike Goddard, the play-by-play voice of Greenbrier West, and Marty Beerheller, the head coach of the Parkersburg Catholic Girls. All that when we come back on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Scores online, all of them in West Virginia. Visit basketballnight.com. Big thank you to our many affiliates out there carrying Basketball Friday Night. You can also uh, see our streaming video by going to uh, Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia's website, basketballnight.com. You can find it there. Just click to watch. You can click to listen. And you can listen on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State, including 104.1 FM WVXS in Romney, 92.5 FM WZAC Madison, Danville, Charleston, 105.5 FM WKQV Cowan, and heard in Braxton County on 106.9 FM, 91.5 FM WRSG Middleburn, 102.3 FM WMTD Hinton, 7.40 AM, 106.5 FM WRNR in Martinsburg, 13.60 AM, 97.1 FM WHJC Mate 1 Williamson Belfry, 1600 AM, 98.1 FM WKKX in Wheeling, 1370 AM, 97.7 FM WVLY Moundsville, 101.1 FM WVWPLP Wayne, and 92.3 FM WYRC Spencer. And we'll tell you about the rest of our affiliates in our next break. Also, follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. Shout out to uh, Dana Michelle, the Oak Glen Lady Bears basketball team, and the Cameron Lady Dragons following us on Twitter, including Anna Kay, Grant Cavalier, Amory Felder, Melissa, Larry Mania, Dana Chirac, Gumball32, Amelia Rowe, and Savin Fry. They're part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. Date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now back to basketball Friday night in West Virginia with Bill Cornwell, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. It's eleven thirty-one on this basketball Friday night in West Virginia. A whole lot to get to still, so let's just get right back to our well, not back to our resident referee Bo Anderson, who has been kindly waiting over in the. Uh, over uh, on the other side. What do we want to call that there? He's in Charleston. He's in Char- well, yeah, but there's the Huntington East End Bridge right oh, next to it. Oh, yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm actually, and he's, and he, I've got my own special spot over here, and it's not because those guys didn't put the over on And Not only that, he's in the New River, too. I mean, he's yeah, just yeah, he's about to get hit by some white water. Where's Waldo? Raptors, right. I'm the referee the game back there. Oh, Bo, first off. Thanks for coming in and joining us, and uh, we'll see you next week. No, but um, so, oh man, so let's just talk real quick about some things that you've always done for this program. You've let us ask questions about things we have seen, rules, etc., uh, the way they are administered, uh, and really, I think you do a service to a lot of people throughout the state because the old fan manual can you, you pretty much burned it a long time ago. Oh yes, but. Uh, 
let's talk about a couple situations that I'm aware of, and then I'll open the floor for Bill and, and Coach Ron if anything that they've seen real quickly as well. There was a game earlier this year that ended with six players on the floor. They played the last about 15 seconds or so, the last possession, out of a timeout with six players on the floor. And I believe the game ended up going to overtime because I think a team scored because of it as well. The team was six. It's hard to guard six with five. Uh, tell me about the process of that from an official standpoint. Well, you know, especially when you're coming out of a timeout, you've got subs. Uh, that's when, you know, you have to count the numbers and you got to be a little bit slow. Now, you know, uh, again, officials are human beings. Uh, they make mistakes. Uh, I'm sure that, uh, you know, they didn't want to do that any more than anybody else. But, uh, you know, you just have to, you know, we try to talk about putting the ball back in play and being slow, taking your time, counting the players, especially after a timeout. Make sure it's five on five, uh, making sure that if subs come in, subs go out, uh, you just got a lot to look at. And, uh, you know, I mean, unfortunately that happened. Uh, I can assure you nobody feels any worse than the officials that work the game. Uh, You know, people don't think that, uh, you know, we go home and think about the game. I had a game last night, and the first thing I went home and did was get online and watch it. And, uh, you know, it's important uh, to, especially people who care, whether coaches, officials, or players, that you do things the right way. And you don't want to mess up, but on the other hand, you know, hey, that's why pencils have erasers. You know, people make mistakes, and there has to be that, uh, you know, that type of thing that happens in order to learn from it. Our resident referee, Bo Anderson, joining us. One other thing that I saw as well. Well, I'll, let me follow up with this real fast. I know this can be difficult because you might end up with a longer answer on this. If a coach sees that the other team has six on the floor in the middle of play, how, as an official, what's how can you be alerted without the – coach basically getting out in the way and nearly, you know, maybe drawing a technical himself. Well, I mean, you know, if we recognize it, we have to call the technical foul when it happens. If we don't recognize it, then that's just the way it goes. And, uh, you know, it just was a scenario, obviously, where uh, they did not recognize it. And then, and then all of a sudden, yeah. there it was. All right. And our, our final question, because we got to get back to the phone, so we'll do this real quick. And this is basically, it could almost be a yes-no answer. I saw a play at the end of a game where the ball was being inbounded after a made basket, after a timeout, and the player dribbled it before throwing it three-quarters of the floor. Is that legal? Anything out of bounds is legal. There's no traveling. There's no dribbling rule. There's nothing of that nature. They can run all the way up and down the end line, and there are no types of violations. And I had a designated spot violation, or not a violation, but a play where people were yelling and they were moving their feet. And we don't have the traveling rule on a violation or on an inbounds, and we don't have the dribble rule. None of that stuff is in effect. All right. Bo Anderson, a resident referee, thanks so much for joining us, Bo, and thanks for being here. And uh, we'll, we'll get you something to eat afterwards. <laughs> and and, and, well, thank uh, you. and we'll, we'll have some more time next week, hopefully, yeah. and we'll because we'll, I, I know we've got more questions. Yes, uh, oh, we've yeah. got plenty of questions. I, I'm sure the only thing that I'll say is I told a lot of the coaches this year I saw gyms in the daylight that I've never seen before. <laughs> it, it has been. A, uh, I've accused been you of eyesight problems for a long time, Bo, <laughs> so the daylight had nothing to do with it. Hey, I went, I went to. <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's, it's been tough. Thank you, guys. All right, that's our resident referee, Bo Anderson. Let's get back to the phone lines. Austin Lowe is the head coach of the Nitro Wildcats, the boys' basketball team in the state tournament. 
They will be playing coming up in the Class AAA quarterfinals against number 5 Wheeling Central Wednesday night at 9 o'clock. Coach Lowe, welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Hey, guys. I appreciate you having me on. Tell me a little bit about uh, this is a season where you guys have, fortunately with video productions, we've been able to watch a lot of your games. I've been able to watch a lot of your games at least. Very impressive basketball team. You've got a good mix of inside-outside games, some good shooters, and uh, pretty strong around the glass. Is this the most complete team you've had? Uh, absolutely. You know, we, we, we're a hard matchup for teams, I think. You know, we got three really good guards and two really good bigs, and, you know, we're able to pound it inside when we, we feel we have the advantage. And, you know, a lot of times we can take advantage of our strength at guards. What's it mean for Nitro to get back to the boys' basketball state tournament? <clears throat> it's huge, man. We, we've talked about it. We've talked about it all season. You know, it's the first time since 1999 and only the fourth time ever. Um, I think they, I heard tonight it was 1941, 95, and 99, and only three, only three state tournament teams prior to us. So they, uh, they bought in, man, and they're, they're, they're really excited, and I couldn't be more happy for our guys. Any pressure from your girls' basketball team uh, <laughs> playing the championship game tomorrow? <laughs> man, man I, I texted him today. I said, man, you're really putting the pressure on us. <laughs> yeah, hey, hey, they're doing it, though, man. They look good, and I, I hope they get Fairmont tomorrow. Hey, Austin, uh, Bill Cornwell here. Uh, you, you guys, uh, the, the program, the last three or four years ago, when you were still in AAA, when we had AAA was the top thing, you guys struggled. You struggled in the MSAC. It was tough to compete uh, with some of the other schools. But when you all moved down, it seems like the program at Nitro really took off, and now you're at a really high point. Yeah, I mean, I, it's my third year there. You know, I took over from Maselli, and Maselli left it in good in good hands. You know, and he he did a good job while he was there. And you know, last year, our first my first year there, I think we finished sixteen and nine. We had a really good team, um, but you know, there's team down one nineteen that looked really good too. Chattanooga team. Um, <laughs> then last year, you know, we we graduated we graduated I think eight seniors off at that team my first year there, and then we took in. You know, last year we played with a bunch of you know a bunch of freshmen and sophomores, and that's what we had. You know, we competed competed a lot. You know, but then we kind of knew we were going to be pretty strong this year, and things worked out pretty well for us. Five Cardinal Conference teams in the boys' basketball state tournament split between Class AA and AAA. You've played state tournament caliber competition all year, no doubt about that. No, our schedule has been brutal. You know, we we uh, we, we scheduled some AAA teams. You know, and that's what we're. we're we wanted to do, you know, we wanted to prepare ourselves for tournament time. And, you know, last year we lost a lot of, we, I think we were in the lead. We had 18 losses last year and we were in the lead in fourth quarter in 13 of those losses. You know, this year we've had some nail biters, but, you know, the, the maturity our guys have shown, you know, we've won those close games this year. And that's the biggest difference is, you know, how, how they've grown up between sophomore and junior year. Boys basketball quarterfinals Wednesday night, number four Nitro, number five Willing Central in class AAA. Coach Austin Lowe of the Nitro Wildcats, thanks so much for joining us. Best of luck next week. Thanks, sir. All right, let's get right back to the phones. We're going to go right now to Marty Vierheller, the head coach of the Parkersburg Catholic girls basketball team. They will play in the AA girls championship game tomorrow against Wyoming East at 1230. Coach, back to a familiar spot. Oh, wow. I'll tell you what, guys. We're so excited. Um, Bill, Rick, and Ryan, first of all, I appreciate you uh, having me on. I was supposed to be on a little bit a little uh, earlier, and uh, sorry I'm joining you late, but uh, it's been a pretty pretty hectic night, so uh, appreciate the opportunity to talk to you guys. Well, your basketball team has picked right up where it left off last year when the when COVID stopped your, your season. This year, uh, right now, perfect 18-0, and, and, and really, you've just carried on the momentum from a year ago. 
Yeah, I give all the credit in the world to these young ladies. Uh, they were devastated with what happened last year, as, as you can imagine. Uh, we were certainly not the only team that, that had the same thing happen to them, uh, meaning it, it happened to a number of us. Um, it was a, a life life experience that nobody really wants to uh, to have, but our girls have made the most of it. They they really used what happened last year, that adversity, um, to their advantage, if you will, meaning they came in this year with just an added sense of hunger and, and, uh, and drive. And quite honestly, guys, we've played the whole season with uh, – with Madeline Huffman in the, in the front of our minds and hearts, um, you know Madeline was our lone senior last year, and and she was absolutely brokenhearted when she didn't have a chance to to play in the semifinal against Gilmer, and then possibly in the state championship game again. So we're doing this one for Madeline. Well, I'm sure she wasn't too upset with Leslie Huffman's 22 point performance uh, earlier today. That's exactly right. <laughs> I, I mentioned to Leslie when she came off the floor. There were times uh, today when we were not at our best, and we found a way uh, against a, a very game uh, Williamstown team, very well coached with Fred Sorrow for sure and his staff. But when Leslie came out, um, I put my arm around her and I said, Leslie, you were super glue for us today. I mean, she made so few mistakes, and, and she very rarely does anyway, but she just carried us. Um, and that's not, that's not to take anything away from Aaliyah Bruni and, and, and uh, Jenna Boyce and our, our other uh, wonderful teammates, but I just thought Leslie just really stepped up. There were several times when Williamstown was trying to make a run, and Leslie just hit the right shot at the right time and took care of business and just told, told the girls, jump on, I've got you. The Parkersburg Catholic Crusaderettes in the Class AA state championship game tomorrow at 1230 when they will take on number two seed Wyoming East, Coach Marty Beerheller of the Parkersburg Catholic girls basketball team. Thanks so much for joining us, and best of luck tomorrow. I appreciate it. Thanks again for coaching the call guys. I appreciate it. All right, greatly appreciate it. We're going to have a side take a break. When we come back, we'll talk with Matt Goddard. Head, uh, he's the play-by-play voice of the Greenbrier West Cavaliers. We'll also talk with Coach Doran Smith of Martinsburg. All that and much more on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Continues on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit Basketball Night. Thanks for joining us. We really appreciate all of our affiliates. The rest of our affiliates we didn't mention in the last break include 103.7 FM, WQWB and Fisher, 92.5 FM, WTHM LP, Ravenswood Ripley, 106.7 FM, WHFI Linside, 93.9 FM, WRRR in St. Mary's, 104.5 FM, WASPLP Huntington, 1290 AM, 101.9 FM, WELW Logan, 101.7 FM, WYAP in Clay. Also, 98.5 FM, 101.5 FM, WQAZ Edmund Beckley. 90.7 FM, WFGH 4K, 9.50 AM, WBS Charleston. And, of course, Marshall University's flagship station, where it all happens from. 88.1 FM, WMUL. 
in Huntington. Of course, we're streaming video live from the studios here at Marshall University. Visit basketballnight.com. You can catch the video, audio, replay the show. It's all there, including the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia scoreboard. You can watch our live high-definition video stream by going to the website. just takes one click to watch. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. At Hoops underscore Roundup. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for being part of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Don't forget, next Friday, tune in to all the affiliates at 8.30, and you'll hear a great documentary about how Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia got started. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State. You're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 11.45 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We've still got a lot to get to, so let's just get right back to the phone lines. Matt Goddard, or Mike Goddard. I keep calling him Matt because I know a Matt Goddard. <laughs> Mike Goddard is the play-by-play voice of the Greenbrier West Cavaliers. And that's a boys' basketball team that maybe surprised some people with a, a win over James Monroe and another trip to Charleston. Mike Goddard with us now, and outstanding, outstanding ball game from the Cavaliers. Yeah, they we played a really uh, tough opponent that we had matched up with uh, two times earlier in the season. Um, the game was a much slower pace than the previous two contests, and uh, we got down by seven early in the game, but we were able to kind of hang around and uh, make a run of it. But actually, with about a minute to go left in that game, we were still down by seven. Cavaliers hit four three-pointers in that last uh, minute of play. And, of course, Caden uh, Caden Pack's three at the buzzer was able to tie it up. And uh, then we were able to to jump out ahead in the uh, overtime period and, and take care of business. And, and that was obviously a very good James Monroe team. Uh, they'd beaten Greenbrier West by five earlier in the season. It also won by 21 earlier in the season. But to get them in the game that matters and to get back to Charleston, I know it's an exciting time in Charmco. It is. And I, I tell you, this is a team that made it to the state tournament two years ago. Uh, a completely different roster makeup. We had two uh, really big postmen inside that could uh, protect the rim. And. Um, then last year, uh, came out with a great record. Uh, we were 18-5 and five on the season, but uh, we lost in the first round of sectionals by six. And Coach Robertson, his dad, Butch Robertson, who has, has been a coach at Greenbrier West for the entire 53 years of the school's existence, and uh, Kelly Vaughn, they decided to really toughen up the schedule this year. So uh, we added a home and away with Tuck Valley. Um the uh, West Virginia Hometown Invitational Tournament games were really tough. We had to go on the road to a good Clay Battell team, and the championship game was actually played against South Harrison in their gym. But uh, if you look at our record this year, we've got some quality wins. We were able to defeat Double uh, A number one Williamstown at uh, West Virginia State, and we've got that second West Virginia Hit Championship this year. And then if you look at our losses. Yeah, we had two to James Monroe, two to Webster County, and uh, uh, two to 
I already said James Monroe did. I two to James Monroe, Tuck Valley, and Webster County. So, uh, and then our other loss was to a Triple A Westside team. Um, I think what the uh, coaches wanted to put in place uh, paid off this Saturday. They they toughened up that schedule to be able to win that game to send us back to Charleston. There you go. And Greenbrier West will be in the again the biscuit and gravy special <laughs> on Tuesday morning in the Class A state tournament against number three Pendleton County nine thirty. Tuesday morning, Mike Goddard, play-by-play voice of the Greenbrier West Cavaliers. Thanks so much for joining us, Mike. Thanks, guys. Good uh, to be back. Uh, absolutely great to be back. I, I had a chance to talk to some people from uh, Greenbrier West when their girls' basketball team played at Wayne earlier this year. It was it was nice to uh, to do that. That was that was really an interesting time. Uh, Doran Smith is a player at Martinsburg. The Bulldogs lost their first game of the year and have not lost since. He joins <laughs> us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia and. First off, welcome to the program, and second, wow, congratulations on quite a regular season and a state tournament berth. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All Thank right. you so much. Yeah, tell me a little bit about uh, this season. I know it's been a you know it's been a tricky one for basically everybody. Uh, one that was pushed back, pushed back. Uh, then always the concerns about you know day to day if you were going to get to play or not. And then you basically cram fifteen games into a two month. <laughs> Uh, season, it's been quite the experience, hasn't it? Uh, yes, sir. Of course. You know, we were just, you know, we didn't know when we were going to play. We didn't know when conditioning was. It was like, man, what, what's going on? Like, when are we going to get to play a game? And then February, I believe, like, 13th was, was when we started. I was like, man, we get to, back, we get to go back on the court. <laughs> and, like, just our, our team, you know, we just had up and down. COVID was just messing everything up. We really haven't had, like, a, a a full team because you know COVID's going on and whatnot, and it's just like man, wait until we get the gel together and get and get down to the state tournament. And of course, it's it, going to be good. I was going to say the, the the schedule right out of the gate didn't do you any favors either. You had Martin or Morgantown, <laughs> no. excuse me, who's really good. No sir, yeah, yeah we put a tough uh, Morgantown team, which they I believe they had two or three games right under their belt, and like we were just we just we just came off a little a little sluggish and they had their rhythm going and whatnot, but. As as you've seen that we uh, pick it up on the way through, then then lose a game. We played a a good a good Jefferson team, which is the number seven seed. We played a good uh, Bridgeport team, and then we uh, played Willing Park and Lindsley, which I believe were games that really like uh, pushed us into this postseason that was really prepping us. So yeah, a very good season and able to to come back off of that with again. 14 straight wins now since that opening game loss. So let's not focus on the loss. Let's talk, you know, those 14 wins is obviously what's important. Into the Class 4A state tournament. And uh, Martinsburg will face number six, Cabell Midland, Thursday morning at 9.30. And, and Doran, what are you looking most forward to in going to Charleston next week? Uh, it's just it's just fun to get get back out there as 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 last year you know COVID happened so we didn't get to get back to the um, Civic Center and uh, I remember the past two years we was in the championship we came up short so I'm just I'm just looking to go back to that championship game and um, have a and have a different outcome. Doran Smith of Martinsburg High School, thanks so much for joining us and once again congratulations not just on making the state tournament but. Let's be honest, just getting a season in. We're, we're very thankful for that, and we're glad you did. So thankful. Thank you. All right. Again, Doran Smith of Martinsburg High School. And, guys, I think he kind of summed it up right there yeah. for you that, uh, you know, they didn't know what they were doing day to day, but they just they kept 
kept going. Everybody's in that boat. It don't hurt to have one of the all-time greatest coaches in the state of West Virginia, (laughs) Mr. Dave Rogers, running the show. And I'm sure he had those guys ready. But those guys have something to prove because they have knocked on the door in Charleston so many times. Hadn't they been able to kick it in? Well, maybe this is their time. Yeah, it could be. And, uh, Coach Marone, you know, you get there. Getting there is three-quarters of the battle, but there's a reason why it's difficult when you get there. Everybody's good there. <laughs> yeah, everybody's good. And I tell you, Martinsburg, to me, I think because, I mean, geographically, a lot of times they come in a little bit under the radar. This team, no different. But, uh, you know, not to show my old manness, but uh, we were having a discussion the other day, and uh, they were talking about, you know, teams that really uh, come out of nowhere and teams that are expected to reach the heights and don't. You know, and they, they harken back to the Randy Moss, Jason Williams, DuPont team that played Woodrow in one of the biggest that was that oh. day game. Was like I was 13, too. Of course, like 100,000 people were at that game, but <laughs> yeah, 13,000 were actually in the yeah. arena. At 9.30 they, in the morning. Yeah, they won that game, but what people forget is they got beat to Martinsburg in the state championship. So, uh, you know, uh, there's teams that seize the moment. And this Martinsburg team, just like Dorian said, excited to be there. I think a lot of people, they play Cabell Midland first round. Uh, you want to get a chance to see the Bulldogs. And as uh, Bill said, Coach Rogers, uh, by far, one of the coaching legends in the state. And Dave Rogers, a class act, and he'll have them ready. Yep. Let's get one final check of our basketballnight.com scoreboard. We'll catch up here on all the girls' high school state semifinal games. First from yesterday, Tug Valley in class single A defeats Tucker County 49-31, and Cameron defeats Calhoun County 44-28. So, girls' class single A championship game tomorrow morning, 10 o'clock. Just a little more than 10 hours from now. It will be number one, Tug Valley, and number two, Cameron. In class AA, number one, Parkersburg Catholic defeats Williamstown, 69-42. Wyoming East beats Petersburg, 75-44. So another 1-2 matchup in the girls' class AA state championship game. It will be Parkersburg Catholic, the Crusaderettes, taking on the Warriors of Wyoming East. That will be at 12-30. Also tomorrow in class AAA, yeah. Well, let's first off tell you how they got there. Class AAA tonight, number one Fairmont Senior defeats Logan, 52-33. Again, that was a one-point game in the third quarter, so a big second half from Marley Washnitz and the Polar Bears. They will take on Nitro. The Wildcats beat North Marion, 79-63. Big game from Nitro as the Wildcats into the Class AAA state championship game. Fairmont Senior and Nitro. That game begins at 5.30 tomorrow. And Class 4A, semifinal round action. Number one, Huntington defeats Morgantown 55-40. to And it was number two, Cabell Midland, defeating number three, George Washington, 49-35. to So the girls 4A, the inaugural 4A state championship game, will be Huntington and Cabell Midland tomorrow night, 8 o'clock at the Charleston Coliseum and Convention Center. Looking forward to all of those games. Yeah, it should be some great matchups and some marquee players on display there. One that jumps out at me, Nitro and Fairmont Senior. You mentioned Bailey Goins adjusting her game to what she's been through uh, physically, but a better team probably. And then Marley Washenitz we had on the uh, show earlier. Don't forget uh, Meyer is there with Washenitz. So uh, Fairmont Senior definitely uh, coming to a gunfight with plenty of ammo. They're not bringing a knife to a gunfight. Yeah, don't forget Taylor Maddox scored 30 tonight for exactly. Nitro. I mean, so Nitro's got some weapons. <laughs> yeah, they got some fire. <laughs> Power there for certain, and that is the Tiger Basketball Night.com scoreboard. Uh, real quickly, we'll 
take one last glance. Uh, Boy State Tournament, we've, we've given you the schedule. It's on basketballnight.com if you want the full schedule. But uh, Bill Cornwell, I know you see a lot of the uh, 4A teams mm-hmm. with Spring Valley uh, being one of those that uh, has played a couple or actually several of these state tournament teams. What are you looking for in the 4A Boys State Tournament? Next well, uh, I'm looking for, uh, I mentioned earlier in the show about Morgantown. Morgantown is legit. But uh, I'm really impressed with George Washington. Uh, Coach Green's got another outstanding ball club. But watch out for the Huntington Highlanders, one of the most athletic quick teams that I've seen this year. Really impressive. Uh, so those three teams, I'm looking for one of those to take the title. Coach Marone? I'm going to double A. I'll tell you what, to get to see Williamstown and Polka uh, in the same uh, bracket. Yeah. Then Sprinkle and Bluefield. I know it's a different Chapmanville squad. Uh, you throw that in there, Charleston Catholic. We talked to Richie's uh, coach earlier tonight. I'm excited and fired up about the double A. And, uh, you know, not that uh, the, the seeds will play out, but I'd love to see Williamstown and Polka in a championship matchup. Class AAA, I think, is very interesting. Robert Seabird's only lost one game. They beat Morgantown this year. Um, Fairmont Seniors lost one game this year. It was to Robert C. Bird. Of course, we also had two teams from that area at the top of the girls' AAA, and then yeah. one got beat in North Marion. So, you know, teams haven't been as able to maneuver around the state as much as they usually are, but Shady Spring is a three-seed. Wheeling Central in AA, or AAA, excuse me, is a five-seed. I mean, five Cardinal Conference boys basketball teams <laughs> in the state tournament. There was no room for error there. And Logan's not one of them. They were really good. Congratulations, by the way, to Wheeling Central of the schools that either opted up or had to move up, in, at least in the Catholic end. They've done the best, yeah. boys and girls. Yeah. Congratulations. And uh, Class A, I'm, I'm excited for the Class A boys state tournament. Yeah. You got number one seed man, number two seed Tug Valley. Pendleton County is undefeated. Webster County won the last boys class single A state championship game that was actually on the floor. Greenbrier West has been really good and has played a difficult schedule better than their 11-7 record. And, Cam- oh, Cameron, and Cameron in there bringing a, a team down there that gets a chance to make some noise. Storylines abound yeah. in the boys' state tournament next week and a lot of storylines again tomorrow. Somebody's going to win their first state championship game when, or state championship in girls' basketball when Tug Valley takes on Cameron. First thing, bright and early in the morning, 10 o'clock. Final thoughts, Bill Cornwell? Uh, just happy to be back. Uh, we have been busy tonight. We're going to be busy when we're back next week. And busy tomorrow. Uh, I got half the shift tomorrow. We got the morning covered too. Marcus and me will be there. So people stay tuned to the website, look for game updates and live tweets during the game. So if you can't get there, can't get the live feed, you can still enjoy the action. It's just so nice to see and hear from all the people that we have made contact with with this show in the past eight years. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia next week. Thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Tune in next Friday for the latest high school basketball action from across the Mountain State. Visit BasketballNight.com for our show archives, the poll question of the week, and the BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Until next time, have a great weekend, and thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. The preceding broadcast was a presentation of the Fast Break Sports Network. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved.